Oh boy, listener, you click play and we got a great show lined up for you. In this episode, we congratulate the Chicago Cubs on being the 2016 World Series champions. There's a new Wonder Woman trailer out. Lots of uh, talent are jumping off superhero movies here and there. It's kind of strange. And the Defenders cast gets bigger. Plus, we take a trip to Harlem to review Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix. 13 hours of Marvel goodness on television. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, November 4th, 2016. It's the Jock and Nerd Podcast with your hosts... Anthony and Imran. What's up, listener? We're back. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. Oh, well, uh, look who decided to show up. He is the jock. And he's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. What's up, rugs? What's up, dudes? How's uh, it going? This is like old school. Anthony, not only is he here for the show, he's in studio for the show. I'm we here. got the rugs via the interwebs. Uh, it's taking me back to a couple of months ago. Uh, yesteryear? The yesteryear. The old days? Of the podcast. Hey, if you are a new first-time listener. Uh, Suck I'll, a dick. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how you stumbled on this thing, but I'm glad you did. Thanks for listening. Here's what we do. Here's what's going to happen this episode. We got a little bit of news. Geek news to cover, covering comic book, TV, and movie-related stuff. And then we're going to review, finally, uh, Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix. The entire season in one shebang. Yeah, it's going to be a five-and-a-half-hour episode. None of this this, uh, episode-by-episode bullshit. We're just going to talk about the whole thing. But before we do, we got to close out on our big Chicago storyline. That if you are a regular listener... I don't think this is just our storyline. Well, it's become a national, global story. It's been... Congratulations to the Chicago Cubs for being 2016 World Series champions. Oh, shit. Uh, that is amazing. Yes, it is. It's been quite a week for you, Anthony. That's why you've... Have <laughs> I missed two shows because of this? No, just the one. Just the one? Okay. Let's start with the series. First of all, look, a fucking amazing series. What a story. Yeah. I mean, it was a... Uh... If there was any way for the Cubs to do it, it'd be coming back down three games to one. Three games to one in best of seven series. Who the fuck does that? You almost write the other team off. Yeah. Uh, and it only been done like five times before. Yeah, I don't know the exact stats, but it's been like four or five times. And the, the last time that it was a while that the last time the Cubs or not. The, well, yes, the Cubs winning World Series, but a team winning the last two games on the road too to win the World Series. Uh, damn. So, OK, so then just take me through what's going through your head. Game seven. Uh, throughout the whole thing, tell us that story because that oh, the game, game itself seven? was a fucking crazy. That's the craziest shit the I watched. Fucking game I've ever yes, seen. Yes, I started. Did you guys watch it? Yes, I intentionally started at the eighth inning, not knowing that there was still an hour and a oh, half of wow. fucking baseball to go. You missed. Yeah, I fell asleep towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> you started at the eighth inning. Wow, you missed a ton of drama before that. Yeah, I think you guys started like the initial, just the whole season because I don't know if you know, but the Cubs were were actually favored to do this. They had the best team the entire season. So just the entire season, they're like, this is a fantastic team, young players, everything they're building off last season. Then you start the playoffs, and every Cub fan is just like, shit, I don't know if we're going to win. Like, I don't know. It's just, you just have that, like, the pessimistic feeling, feeling that, you know, they're, this is, they're just going to blow this. And they go through each round, like, they beat San Francisco. In San Francisco, they beat them in the ninth inning. They came back in three run, with three runs, or four runs in the ninth to beat San Francisco, who had won three out of past five World Series. Damn. Um, they beat the Dodgers, who 
Hey, we're up two games to one, and it looked like they were Cubs were on their way out, and they went were on one three in a row. And Damn, playing Kershaw, who's a, a fantastic pitcher. Um, and then they're down three to one to the Indians, and they roar back to tie it. Uh, game seven, geez, what the emotions were. It didn't hit me till like five o'clock till after work, where I was like, all right, fuck, I'm nervous now. Yeah, like yeah. I'm really nervous about this shit. I had some friends over. And I was just pacing the entire time prior yep, to the game. Yep. Stress I, drinking. Lots of stress drinking. I think I pounded like 10 beers during the game. <laughs> um, and I wasn't drunk at all. Uh, because just the adrenaline right. is like keeping you. Well, yeah, because I drunk. wanted to be focused yeah, yeah. on the game. Okay. So I was still like, I was just, I needed something. Uh, and they have a big lead in the middle of the game. Yeah. No, I mean, they jump out. They're, they're facing this guy, Corey Kluber, who just has been killing the Cubs pitching wise. And they, they jump out. The first player of the game, Dexter Fowler, hits a home run. So you're like, oh. Nice. And they jump out five to one lead. Joe Madden, their Cubs, the Cubs manager, makes some very questionable uh, pitching moves and takes out the starter too early. Kyle Hendricks brings in John Lester. They give up two runs. Takes out John Lester, in my opinion, too early. <laughs> brings in Chapman, who's our closer, who right. can throw 103 miles an hour, and he's fucking gassed. Dude, he, and he looked tired. He was he, gassed from the day before. From the whole series, this whole time. I mean, it's October, and he's still throwing 100-mile-an-hour pitches. Yeah, he was like he was hitting like 98, which is super fast. And I was like, he's fucking gassed. Like, he doesn't have it tonight. And Cleveland ties the game. That was crazy. I went. To th- I took the dogs out for a walk, and I come back, and I was like, oh, snap. You left? What a dick, dude. Look, when you the dogs suck. got a poop, they got a poop. What do you <laughs> want? You turned on the game in the eighth inning, too. <laughs> in, yeah, in your- the only thing that I, that I recall from watching this game was the pitching. Yeah. The pitching yeah. seemed to be on another level. It really did. Yeah. Um, I'm both on both teams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, and, and you know. I love you can. I love seeing the pitcher and the batter every time trying to figure each other out, and it was so intense. Well, wow, I'm glad you you noticed. I that totally cause. caught that. I felt that. Yeah, I was like, that in, shit, in this shit is nuts. Postseason baseball. I mean, especially when you're getting to a, a game seven of a World Series, literally every pitch is just so fucking intense. So I mean, they they tie the game, and if you're a Cubs fan, you're like, God damn it, this shit is happening again. They're gonna blow this yes. shit. They were up five to one. And now this game is six to six in the you know going into the ninth inning, um, and then there's a rain delay. Motherfucker, oh, that was like, are you shitting me? Uh, yeah. Mother, yeah, what are you weird. doing? Motherfucking, what other game do you pause because it's raining? But it was raining really hard. It was raining hard. It was lot, raining pretty hard. A lot of Cubs fans will be like uh, Ernie Banks or Ron Santo or great Cubs legends uh, started peeing. Oh, the, yeah. oh, really? Let's stop to give the Cubs a chance to just relax. But look, you can't write this tension any better at this point, right? Apparently, uh, Jason Hayward, who the Cubs signed, he's the Cubs right fielder, gold glove player, um, who's underperformed this season, but that's another story, got the team in the locker room and in the weight room and had a players-only meeting and was like just reminding them, like, hey, we're the best. Let's play like we're the fucking best. Let's forget about what happened. Play like we're the best. We're I feel the best like that team. rain delay helped it them. definitely helped them because momentum was on Cleveland's side yeah. the entire time yeah. after that, after they tied the game. And they come back in the eighth and they, you know, eight, they get two more runs. And you're still like, oh, fucking, all right, two runs. That's, that's a little better than one run. Cleveland comes back in the ninth and they score a run. Uh, it's eight to seven and they're Man, running around, the, the two outs. Delicious. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you're just, I mean, I think I almost like left. I wanted to leave. Like, I was like, this is, uh, this is uh, unbearable right now. And then like, Chapman closes it out? No, no, no. No, that other guy. They bring in this guy, Carl Edwards. Who Carl Edwards Jr. The, oh, the guy who owns the fast food restaurant. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Who's this uh, very skinny African-American kid? I mean, he is probably, I think, like 6'2 or 6'3. I might be off on the, the height, but 
he's probably 150 pounds. Wow. Like the kid is yeah. just skinny as fuck. Yep. Um, and he's throwing like 98 and you're like, oh my God, Carl Edwards is in the game. But they take him out. Mike Montgomery, who's been pretty clutch for the Cubs. They acquired him uh, midway through the season. He comes in, gets the the last out. And what's cool about the the last out is it's a little like dribbler to third. I know I'm boring all the fucking geeks out here. <laughs> but who gives a fuck? Cubs this is a historic moment. Chris Bryant, who's like one of the star players for the Cubs, who's probably going to win the MVP. He's picking up the ball, and as he's picking it up, I don't know if you saw the shot. Yeah, he's smiling. Yeah, because like, he he's knows. laughing almost. Yep. Like, oh my god, I'm. It's gonna happen. We're gonna win. And he fucking tosses it to Rizzo out. Rizzo pockets the ball, and yeah, it was uh, in his back pocket. Euphoric. You can see it in those photos. Yeah, it's just euphoric, man. I remember picking up my roommate and I like lifted him and then all of my friends were there. We jumped on top of each other and I like fell. There's video of us. Um, <laughs> I probably will post it one day. Just our reaction. But uh, it's just a, a, it was like a, it didn't even set in. Like it was yeah. like, oh my Unreal. God, did we just win? Like you, you celebrated because it was like, we just won. But it was like, I don't know if we should go even harder because yeah. like we just won. Like yeah. this is amazing. It's 108 years. And I know I'm only 28, so I haven't lived all of it. But you just feel that fucking pressure. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know how, what it is about sports, but you feel that pressure. It looks like a burden. That's why I think they. Well, remember, I said I. I think they're going to play better, not in in yeah. Wrigley Field, because that, they're that young def- kids and the pressure is off. That was a factor. I mean, they played like shit in Wrigley Field, and I don't know if uh, you could feel it, but when they were in Wrigley for those three World Series games, it was like. You could cut the tension yeah, of the night. Too much like, there pressure. There's just almost too much. Like Chicago was going to going to explode every day. Speaking of which, rugs. You know my claim so far that I've been scared that the city would erupt, implode, burn down. Yeah, I remember I, that. I gotta tell you what these Cubs fans handled themselves with pretty good demeanor. Uh, Twenty one arrests total, which is not bad for that night. Uh, the best thing was I was listening to the fucking Chicago police scanner all night. That shit was entertaining. Uh, that was fun. The worst was like they tore down a light post. That they tore down. Someone stole the sign off of the Taco Bell. Oh, uh, there was. Well, well, I can tell you. I mean, I, yeah. after the game, I went to Wrigley Field. Oh, you did? Yeah, I went to Wrigley Field. But everyone was cool, right? Everyone was awesome. Every, you, you could just All it was that I saw was a massive amount, massive amount of people like just descending upon Wrigley Field. Um, they blocked off a lot of stuff, so they didn't let people like get too far in. But it was just lots of cars honking, lots of white flags. That's the Cubs thing, the white flag. Lots of white people. Uh, no, lots of everything. Oh, really? Lots of everything. Oh, that's good. Chicago, man. Yeah. You're from Chicago. Um, <laughs> lots of high-fiving random people. Everyone yeah. was just really happy and, and, and very well-behaved. I didn't. No one was pushing from what I – this is just me. I don't yeah. know. I yeah. didn't see everything. But every, no one was pushing. Everyone was just high-fiving. It was just the happiest – thing ever it like, was be- I, I was not as bad as i expected no. when does the anal sex start in this whole story <laughs> well let's I'm cut sh- to the anal sex well, i'm sure what was the date that they want uh, uh there's gonna be a lot of babies november, in nine months that's for sure yeah they were saying yeah, there's november gonna 2nd. be a lot of cubby babies there's right? gonna be a lot of cubby babies yeah they were say, they were saying doctors on august 2nd august 2nd which is nine months from when they won you better fucking be yeah working real You're gonna hard be earning your paycheck Cubs babies i'll be all over the place i mean I went to the parade too today. Okay, so let's cut to that. Yeah. Today, this the morning, rally. they had this huge, huge rally. Now, when the Blackhawks uh, won, they drew like two, three million people. We're like, what are the numbers going to be on this? Anthony, there was an estimated five million people oh, shit. at the rally. Now, keep at, us it was at the parade and rally. And so. parade and rally. Yeah. Uh, the city population of Chicagoland, uh, Chicagoland, a city without the suburbs, 2.76 million. Yeah. So double the population. This also goes down as the seventh largest gathering in human history. 
happened this morning in Chicago with five million. Whoa! People. Yes. Yeah. What was that like? I just want to take a shot at you. This is the guy that <laughs> said that esports would take over esports. <laughs> well, when you don't win shit for a hundred <laughs> years, you know, you're, this is what's going to happen. But you know, uh, this is probably going to happen uh, every October ish yeah, to they're, some they're really extent. Um, you know, what was that like? Yeah. Uh, it's just surreal. I mean, you guys, it's when it's in Grant Park, so that's like right on the lake. It started at Wrigley Field and it went yeah. down Lakeshore Drive all the way. Like, yeah. uh, it was crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, you just saw people of all ages. The streets were shut down. People were fucking. I, there were some cars that were sitting there, and I was like, I don't know how these cars are ever going to get out. No. Like, people, people were in these cars trying to drive through. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? But I mean, we got there like 9 a.m. I woke up at 6.45. People were there at dawn. Yeah, people were there like the, yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it was just crazy. So you took off work? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I he was took off there. work. I mean, my boss took off. A lot of people were at work. <laughs> Where uh, no one was there. What. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Only I mean, me, like a schmuck. You know, and it wasn't there. like crazy. Like the only people that get crazy are like stupid high school kids that like start drinking and don't know like how to control themselves. But other than that, it wasn't crazy. Like it was just happy, man. Everyone was just. It's happy. a great story. It's a great story for just human interest for internationally, nationally. Like I mean, if you hear like the stories on like sports radio and and like I've lived it, like generate like people live their whole generate like generational lives and not seen this. I saw a photo of a 108 year old woman. Oh my God. And she was holding up a thing. Like and she grown men, like <laughs> were crying. Like wow. people were crying. I didn't actually have any waterworks. I think I was kind of drunk. So like at that point it was like, you know, it wasn't happening. But like one of my coworkers was like, I just went out after the game and I saw a grown man on top of a car with champagne, just bawling, just like <laughs> fucking bawling, dude. Like that's how much this meant to it's a so lot crazy. of people, like yeah. generations. And like, I was listening on radio as I was coming here and I was like, there was a father on there and he was like talking about his grandfather and his father passing down like Cubs when watching with the Cubs with his dad and all this shit. And he's like, my kid will never have that burden anymore of like, oh, we, we suck all the time. The Cubs <laughs> suck. You're a loser. You're a Cubs fan. Could this hurt the brand of them not being the lovable losers anymore? No, it's going to make the Cubs even huge. Do you think bigger. they're going to be in it next year? Yeah, that's the thing. This is why it's going to be bigger because the, I mean, there won't be the, the same amount of the, the storyline will be different. The yeah. narrative the will be different. The excitement won't be as... Yeah. It won't be, let's break the curse. It'll now be, let's start this team empire. is a fucking dynasty. Yeah, let's start because the dynasty. Because this team is, if you look at all their best players, they're all like 27 or younger. They're all super young. They're all signed to like six, seven-year contracts. This team will be like the Yankees, dude. I'm telling you, this team so is going to be... So who is the credit? Is it like Theo Epstein like start, oh, yeah. started this five years ago? He kind of gutted the team, rebuilt Theo it. Epstein. Who gets the most credit for this? Theo Epstein, because... Theo Epstein, I mean, it's going to pass around, but Theo Epstein is incidentally the guy that broke the curse for the Red Sox, who had lo- not went over like 80 years without winning yeah, the World Series. He was, he, the, he was the architect yes. between, behind yes. that team. Yep. So and now he, he does it, it with the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, that guy's a fucking legend, dude. Uh, I mean, Joe Madden, the manager. Tom Ricketts, who bought the Cubs. From all of them, yeah. Everything all, just kind of fell everyone, into place. Everyone, dude. Tom Ricketts at the parade said today, he goes, when I was pitching this to pitching players on coming to the Cubs, I would go to their their teams. It was either Tom Rickers or Epstein that said this. I would go to like minor league teams and colleges and be like, if you play for the Cubs and they win a World Series, not only will you live forever in Cubs history, you'll live forever in sports history. Yeah, yeah. You're the team that broke the Who curve. doesn't want to be yeah. part of that? Oh, my and God. And what a great way to pitch it. Oh, my God. And they... they Oh, Listen, man, awesome. it was like even me as just a bystander, amazing, exciting baseball. What a story. It's so good for the city, so good for the sport. And well, listener, w- sport. you know, we don't usually have an extended sports talk on these <laughs> shows, but Jesus, fuck, the Cubs were the World Series first time. After I think they estimated that years. 
It was they got a 25 rating on uh, uh, for this game seven. Put that in comparison, the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, another huge storyline game. Yeah. Uh, Golden State Warriors, 73 wins, best team in history. Yeah. Game seven against Cleveland, LeBron, two best players, LeBron, Steph Curry. They got an 18 rating. I heard uh, it was 40 million. 40 million 40 people million watch viewers, this game, game which seven. is like Super Bowl level almost. Yeah, like for, this, for baseball. And for baseball. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Then baseball is like a fucking regional sport at this point. Like baseball, before this, I would have put baseball behind basketball. Like football, basketball, then baseball. I mean, but the Cubs like, single-handedly, Cubs single-handedly brought, this brought baseball America's back, pastime dude. back. Now, I will, I had, I was thinking about one thing. We have sure. a, a lot of... Listeners not in the U.S. Yeah. And I bet at this point they're wondering, uh, hey, fellas, why exactly is it called the World Series of Baseball? I don't recall our fucking team playing you guys. And you know what? I think they would have a good point. Uh, it should just be called something else. Our li- my One of our Lithuanian coworkers was like, <laughs> the National Series. Yeah. yeah. He was like, uh, so did they play like any European team? So what's going on here? How is like, this a World dude, Series? Dude, why is it called the World Series, dude? I mean, I well, it, Lithuania. It was like the National League at one point. The <laughs> right. American, yeah. They just had to come up with a name. But I get it, but it's fucking funny it's sometimes. It is so, funny. It is ironic that it's called you know the World what? Series. It's funny because if because of Anthony and Imran, basically I got interested in this thing. <laughs> and I watched the game. You I haven't watched a baseball. I haven't watched a baseball game in in like centuries. This is the, this was the one to watch. But I mean, other than that, it has not impacted my life one iota. But like, I did watch the game. Right? I did. I mean, watch a, it because I wanted to see the story unfold. It's a great storyline, and we're all about stories. You, you couldn't Look. have had a better um, game too, in terms of storyline. Yeah, it was yeah. actually entertaining. Yeah, too. it was and, fucking exciting. I'll tell you what. I, yeah, if the game would have been like ten to one, either way, a blowout. Yeah, it's not the same. Like, you couldn't have had a better game for the. You for couldn't have written like Jesus. a better script. And we love stories here at the Jock and Nerd Podcast. You couldn't have wrote a better script. You could not have wrote a better script. Can we all move on with our lives now until next October when they possibly do it again? I mean, it'll never be like this. What What's and so unique about this is that. It, it, there's no ever no storyline in the near future that'll ever be like this. This was the last. I mean, Cleveland's gone 68 years now. It'll be 69, but I'll see who gives a fuck about Cleveland. <laughs> oh, this is this is like Chicago, dude. This is the third biggest market. This Cubs are a national brand, a, yeah. a world brand. Yeah, it'll never. We have to wait like 50, 60 years. That for was like, history, oh, man. We all another team to experience. We witnessed like some this. fucking history. All right, look, yeah. we got one race down. We got one more shit show race. I got. I got to throw something out there though. I know uh, Brett is Devka. Yeah, is one of our donors, but he wrote a, a nice little email saying how the Cubs were were destined to lose. And I all I got to say to you, buddy, with all due respect, is suck my dick. Oh shit! I thought they were gonna lose too. They lost three. I was like, ah, yes, ah, the comeback. Oh, yeah. one. Listen, yeah. Brett also left us a nice iTunes review, which we'll read at the end of the show. Thanks, I, th- Brett. When you say with all due respect, then you can throw any insult course. out there. Yeah, you want. that's the that's the asshole uh, yeah. uh, clue. <laughs> Don't take this personally, but fuck you. Yeah. Uh, look, I'll tell you with the all truth. Due respect, <laughs> with yeah. all due respect. All right, look, let's move on. We got yeah, this we race out next week. Uh, the country may burn down, and we'll deal with that when that happens. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Let's get to the news, motherfuckers. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. I love hey. when he says Democracy Manifest. Democracy Manifest. What is he talking about? It's almost about? as good as this. <laughs> get your hand off my penis! That's what he's talking about. Well, that's about. funny because when you say the word penis, it's always funny. Penis, but, it's got the heart P. Democracy Manifest. What is he talking about? He's, he's getting a, arrested. Yeah, he's getting arrested. This is how it works. Vote, 
saying. It's a rug boy's uh, rug's uncle. I think that's rug boy's uncle, right? You guys are related. Yes, my uncle is British. You're distant British. <laughs> well, this guy's Australian, so there you go. Oh. <laughs> Look, listener, if you want to, uh, if you want to help out the show and send us some fun stuff to talk about and check out all the stuff we talk about, uh, visit jockadoo.com slash contact and you'll find links to everything there twitter facebook a fun facebook group where we're lo- all you guys are so awesome and posting lots of fun stuff some of the stuff i found uh is what we're going to talk about like this we're going to start with dceu yeah uh there's been a lot of talk about a lot of directors and people jumping a lot of movies and we got another one Ladies and gentlemen, the Flash movie has lost its director. Oh, shit. One more time. A second time. Again. So what does this tell you? It tells me that uh, Warner Brothers is fucking around with things. There's creative differences. Now, after Seth, uh, what was it? Seth Graham, Green, Smith, Green, Graham, whatever. He left. Uh, the director of this little movie, Dope, Rick Famuyiwa. He signed on. He's a black guy, huh? He's a black guy. I thought he was Japanese. No, no. He's, he's a black guy with a Japanese name. Okay. He's Blackanese. I don't know. Is that a thing? Uh, he made, uh, he has left the yeah, Warner the Brothers. Wu-Tang clan is that? There, yeah. There, he's Wu Tang. Uh, Warner Brothers and, uh, due to creative differences, the old quote unquote creative differences, uh, what does this mean? Does this mean he, it, it sounds like he pitched, it says the Hollywood Reporter reported, he pitched a version of the film in line with my voice, humor, and heart. Uh, that vision was edgier than what the studio wanted, is what this article says. Now, does that mean that Warner Brothers is actually trying to lighten the tone of these movies and it was too dark for them? Or does that mean they're stupid and don't want anybody fucking with their shit unless it's what they want to do? I think it means that they don't know what the fuck they want. <laughs> Ruggs, what do you think this means? I think they're just being really uh, hesitant on everything. And and that that lack of confidence does not bode well with the director. Right. You want somebody in your corner to make the movie. Like it's such a crazy job to direct the film, especially something of this caliber. So when you feel like they're not behind you, you're like, "What? Why am I even doing this shit? It's too much pressure, right?" So I think that's what's happening. It like, doesn't. Uh, it's not what, good news. What I don't. What I don't. What I don't get is if, whenever these these creative differences. And they like the the studio doesn't un, you know isn't behind your vision. You to get that role of being a director, didn't you have to tell them your vision for this movie in the initial pitch? And weren't this wasn't the studio like yeah? But there's we a like lot that. of backpedaling that goes on after they get right. someone signed on, and then they start they start fucking with you. Like like you know like they're like oh I like what you're doing. You're gonna direct our film, and then later they're gonna be like. I don't like what you're doing anymore. <laughs> but the, the mystery to me is why Zack Snyder gets creative uh, control. <laughs> He's polluting their minds. But yeah, these uh, whoever these studio execs are. And also, I also think if they're starting to think a, a little bit too much of like the international uh, global market and they're like, you know what? This shit doesn't have to make sense. It could be whatever. Yeah, and they're going to go see it. And they and they it's just our way or the highway because we're just looking at the international money. I, I don't think they have they, when you say our way, though, I don't think. DCWB has a way, no, no, which is why not. they keep pivoting off hemming and hawing yeah, right. and changing things. If they had like a kind of a, a, an idea of what they wanted, I don't think this stuff would be happening, but I think they're just literally making it up on the fly and, not, and pivoting every no. time they hear something. Well, I think Imran's got something there with that global market shit because the global market is basically we have to dumb down. We can't have complicated yeah, things in yeah. there. We can't, 
do things that we will respond to as an audience that, you know, it's crazy. It's so possible his version is, was too smart. And they were like, oh, no, this maybe. is too smart. Too yeah, funny. I would say that because Dope is a very American movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's got a lot of comedy in it. It's got a, a great kind of like an edgy style. Uh, yeah. I thought he would have worked well with this, but I don't think this is the obviously this is not the way they want to go. So this movie was supposed to come out March 2018. Yeah, I don't think it's coming out March 2018. It's crazy that we're, everything's getting compromised because of money. It is because of money. It's always follow the money. Here's a movie that is coming out. Wonder Woman yep. that put out a brand new second trailer, uh, which was pretty cool. Yeah. We got to see some uh, some new stuff, some kind of the same tone as the first trailer. Uh, what do you guys think of this trailer? Who wants to start? Anything? What do you think? That was fantastic. Uh, now, you know, you know me. I, I, I'm very critical with the uh, the DC right now, but I thought it looked great. I think it's very as uh, Bilotti says, I think it, I like the color. Yeah, I like, I like that. This is embracing the color. I like that. I like Themyscira. Well, I like the difference. And Themyscira yeah. is bright and blue and green, and then it cuts to the war scenes, and, and it's and all monotone. And I'm monotone. still kind of unfamiliar of what really the plot is and who the villains are. And they don't so give I you like too that. much. Yeah. Yes, I like that. But I like the uh, I like the shots of like old time archers with guns and like all you know. It's just the dichotomy of women and men, and it, uh, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, I if like. you dissect it, there is a couple of good things. At first, I wasn't completely blown away. I kind of liked the first trailer better. But that was, I guess, the novelty of it being first. But the more I kind of watch this, there's a lot of fun stuff going on in here. Rugs, what are your thoughts? I just feel like it looks like a larger scale movie than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, I feel like that. It, I thought it was going to be this kind of very small movie compared to BVS or anything like that. It seems epic. It seems more epic. It seems like it spans like, you know, different worlds and it, it feels like it's going to be cool. I think they... um from what I've seen, I can't really say it's only a trailer. I don't know how far they're going to go into it, but it's going to be on Thor level or probably even better than that. Hopefully, It's got kind of like a Captain America, the first Avenger yeah. period feel, which yeah. I really like. I love but with so a woman, but with a woman. Right. So a couple of the neat things like where the bullet slows down, like you imagine that's the first time she's seen a bullet. This trailer kind of tells you the story of her dodging bullets like. That's the first time they've seen a bullet and they didn't know what it was. And so then she starts blocking more bullets with her gauntlet. I also love the little nod to the Superman movie in the alley where she blo she blocks that bullet and he kind of catches it, which is exactly what like Chris Reeves does with Lois in the first Superman movie uh, in an alley. Very similarly. I think it's interesting how the action looks like Zack Snyder action. Like, is it possible that they actually employed him in a way that we always wanted? Like he consulted on the action and it's directed by Patty Jenkins. Obviously, has a, a, a there's comedy in it. It's got a different tone, but the action is still very consistent to like what we saw in Batman versus Superman. I mean, the action was never a problem in Batman. Yeah, that's not what we yeah. that's not what we had a problem. No, with. <laughs> no, that's true. But I like that. Like the action seems consistent, but he's that if that, if like that's great. Just do that yeah, part. I mean, I could don't this have, be I don't a great any, use of him? I don't have anything negative. I don't think I don't know if he was involved. He probably. I'm sure they talked to him about stuff and how he, he's going to take Wonder Woman from this and put it in Justice League. But I, I thought it, I don't have anything bad to say about this trailer. It's really good, colorful, like I said, and and I like Gal Gadot. I don't know who like the only thing I'm kind of questioning is like she is so super powered, like she's basically Superman level, yeah, and she's fighting normal men. So 
obviously they're going to have like a boss fight at the end. Yeah, we don't. Well, you kind of see, I yeah, think so. This chick with the well, f- there's this girl with the, uh, the, the mask who, who it's, if you watch boardwalk empire, like it's set in that period. And this is like the prosthetics of the time. If you were scarred, they, so they keep showing her, but I think one of the German, uh, lead that one of the German officers is the bad guy. Cause you kind of see real quick, the lasso scene where she's grabbing this guy and he kind of looks like he's a monster I know, and she's throwing him down. Yeah. yeah. So I think like one of the German guys and there's like chemical warfare, maybe that changes it's got him something to do with the Aries. I think, I think, Oh has- yes. Rumor is that that's maybe the God of Aries in that, oh, in that German cool. guy. Yeah. So I how they're going to weave that into well, Aries can take the area. form of whoever, pretty much. Okay, yeah, he's a he's a god. So now this movie comes out. Uh, when's this coming out? June next year, twenty seventeen. She so looks long from now. It is. It's really long. They already had two trailers. She's in. She she's, looks amazing. She looks great. Oh my she's god, hot. she looks great in this. So good trailer. I don't know what I like that they didn't give a lot away. There's probably going to be another trailer because yeah, there's still or, like two or three more six months. Two or three what, at least one more, definitely yeah. two, maybe two. All right, let's move on to some Marvel movie news. I found this little piece of information. It regards our buddy, director Josh Trank, who has there? given us hours and hours of uh, of great things to talk about on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about, will this, will 2015 Fantastic Four, is this going to kill Josh Trank's career? How long do you have to wait before you implode like this in public in Hollywood? Well, we kind of have an answer. You got to wait about a year. <laughs> Josh Trank is teaming up with Tom Hardy, who's going to star as Al Capone in the upcoming movie Fonzo, written and directed by Josh Trank. Wow. I didn't expect him to get that kind of Right? Kind of like, movie. this is uh, all of a sudden, this is kind of like an Oscar level movie about well, Al Capone. Yeah. Wow. I, that's the first I heard of it. So that, yeah, that's sure. all. I just thought, I was like, oh, look who's back. Little Josh Trank. So maybe, uh, Ruggs, what do you think about this? Uh, too soon the for him? Stakes, the stakes are not that high. No, not no, for, yeah, for Chicago well, Al Capone. Al Capone, though, is is a big a name. I mean, everyone thinks of Chicago Al Capone. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's not like it's got a fan base that, that's, right. that's rabid. I mean, yeah. There's not an Al Capone uh, website that's well, dedicated dude, to Al Capone. In Chicago, there's a couple yeah. of freaks who, like, uh, follow and follow his path and try to find the hidden tunnels under the Green Mill. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think. I mean, I don't know if there's like necessarily like fans. There is fans. I actually, I think you're underestimating Al Capone. I think Al Capone is still a big, big deal with people. Well, look, they did Boardwalk Empire, and Al Capone was on there. Did you even hear about it? No, it's like it's not like that. It's not that much of a big deal. Like, I'll tell you what, though, shitting themselves when they heard that Al Capone was going to be on Boardwalk Empire. Tom Hardy's Al Capone sounds cool, but I'll tell you, internationally, you go anywhere around the world, That's you tell people you're from Chicago, Chicago they say two names. They say Michael, Michael Jordan. They say Al Capone. Yeah. Still to this day, it's weird. <laughs> That's weird that they he, know. He's, he was that big. He was huge, dude. Nobody bigger than Al Capone. Who's, so. who's gonna? Who's bigger, Al Capone or El Chapo? Oh, definitely Capone, dude. <laughs> Chapo's got a way to go. Chapo, he's young. He's still alive. He's, he's still alive to go. But good for Josh Trank. Get back on your feet uh, after a year and uh, see what happens. I mean, he got That's, the untouchables. I'm, I'm surprised he got this great right? role. I thought I didn't think he would get to. I thought he would have. I to bet they gave him the role, up. and he was like. Did you guys see my last movie? Um, okay, you still want to give it to me? Cool. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so next thing we got to mention is uh, Doctor Strange is out. Yeah, I saw it. Anthony, amongst all this fucking Cubs bullshit, <laughs> has also already seen Geek the fucking Doctor Strange. Uh, this movie, I just wanted to, it opened already to 86 million internationally. Oh, wow. Current box office. Right now, the movie uh, came out yesterday. 
evening. Thursday evening. Uh, it's at 132 billion worldwide. Can I just say like two quick things? About yes, because I still need your instant reactions, which we will all post to our Patreon. Oh shit! Page. Sorry. Whatever. Uh, Rugs, when you see it, send me a reaction. Uh, listener, if you want to hear it, just visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Join the fan club. But Anthony, go. You've seen the movie. What do you got? I, two things. I, I think my instant reaction would be not great because I was so tired <laughs> from the Cubs going yes. to the field and after the game. I went. Home, I got home at like 3 in the morning. Oh, my God. And being in a dark theater by myself, I see movies by myself sometimes. No big deal. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I see movies by myself all the time. Yeah, no big deal. So did Pee Wee Herman. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to sit in front of him. That's, oh, that's shit. in the middle of the movie. Not because it was boring me, but because I was so tired. It happened. I was in and out of sleep. So I missed like a good portion of the movie. But I will say that and this will come in the review, too. I have to see it again because I, I couldn't give a great review yet. But fucking action is. I don't know how they came up with some of this shit. Some crazy, I saw crazy trippy action where I'm like, how, how, who thinks of these things? It's like MC Escher illustrations come to life. LSD. Yeah. Lots of drugs. Yeah. Lots of drugs. Lakeshore Drive. Uh, No, the other one. Sorry. Lots of drugs. (laughs) It's, and it doesn't, uh, that's why I got to be in a certain state to see this movie. If you know what I mean. I would, hello. I would see this movie. I've heard that. I've heard that commentary. It enhances the movie. The movie is it's trippy. It's funny though. There's fun. There's fun stuff. Um, there, there's kind of that Iron Man kind of feel, but not really. I don't. Know, it's just a. It's just a different movie. It's different and good. Okay, shut up. Save the rest for the review. That's enough. Okay, cool. <laughs> we are gonna see. I'm gonna try to see it this weekend. Uh, I won't spoil. It. There's two mid end credit scenes. Yes, stick yes. around. There's one in the middle. And one Always. At the end. Always stick around. And what you for told me movie. isn't really a spoiler. Oh, even good. Though you, fucking asshole you tried to but spoil it's not. Mo- it wasn't i movie. saw something on the face bags on the facebook on the book face that i didn't want to I'm trying not to get spoiled and then you told me you asked <laughs> because i wanted you to You're suffer also <laughs> undercover asshole over here hello uh look we talked last week about the deadpool sequel anthony uh tim miller walked i heard also due to creative differences guess who else walked composer the composer of deadpool oh, shit junkie xl who also uh composed batman versus superman with han zimmer uh but he wrote a whole thing on instagram why he left and Whoa. basically uh it's because he says since it was revealed deadpool's brilliant creative director tim miller will not be involved in the project anymore i have undertaken some soul searching Tim was the driving force behind Deadpool and me getting involved in this amazing project. Deadpool without Tim at the helm just does not sit right with me. And that is why I have decided not to be involved in the second chapter. He says it's a difficult decision, but wow, this is interesting. Whereas on Warner Brothers, you have executives muddling things up over here. You got a big rift between Ryan Reynolds and the writers. Is that what it was? Yes. They just didn't see eye to eye like. Uh, Tim Miller wanted to uh, double the budget. He wanted to make it bigger. And Reynolds was like, well, look, we could deliver the same fucking thing on a little budget and make another $700 million and just make it like the first movie. And the studio is like, you know what? We're going to be with Ryan over here since it, he's more than just the actor. He is the producer. It is his baby. But I guess Tim Miller was heavily involved from the start also. I would say Ryan Reynolds, though, is the driving force behind this. Not according to Junkie XL. He's like, Tim Miller's gone. I'm gone. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in there, but I felt like Ryan Reynolds has been pushing for this. For yeah. A while, I so. mean, he's been doing this for years. Rugs, your thoughts on this? 
I think it's both of them that need to be involved for it to be good. I think that it doesn't work without either of them. Yikes. So this could uh, negatively affect the film. We See, all- I didn't think Deadpool was all that great of a movie to start. Ah. I thought it was unique and funny and different. But as an actual movie, that movie was whatever. It, it was just so different for people, I think, that it was like, oh, this is so awesome. Yeah. We've never seen yeah. anything like this. It was the novelty, well, even though we kind of have, but we haven't. Yeah, I said this before, but that movie was edited perfectly. Yes. If that wasn't assembled properly, you would have a shit show. Yeah. Okay. And you need to edit Ryan Reynolds down to not make him annoying. Now, yeah. so, if yeah, Tim Miller sure. was making those decisions, we could have a problem. Whereas Ryan Reynolds would be like, leave all my shit in there. I'm Ryan Reynolds. These are all gold. It was, I mean, that was, there's an article on uh, Grantland that no longer exists, but Ryan Reynolds has been looking for that role to make him a superstar. Yeah. And people always assume that Ryan Reynolds is this superstar, but if you look at his like movies where he's the headliner, yeah. the box office isn't well, that great. It was well, Deadpool that yes. him there. So, so he's maybe now, his ego is like, and or he's like holding on to this thing. Well, he's like, his face is covered. Yeah. I, I find Ryan Reynolds to be a little bit annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even just to look at <laughs> girls love him for some reason. Girls but, love Ryan Reynolds, but I don't, I'm not attracted to him. So he just comes off as annoying to me, but his face is covered. That's a really good point. It really does make a lot of it work more digestible. So he's just, so he's just like a cartoon character yes. with a voice. Yes. So then he's, he's more palpable. He he's fits the character well and everything. So I think that that's working for him. I think when he's, He's the lead of a movie. People get, you know, they don't, the movies don't do well for, for that reason. He, I think he, I, people find him to be grading. I, I feel that he's, I don't want to watch a Ryan Reynolds movie. No, it's, it's choice. He was Green Lantern. I didn't like him at all. Green <laughs> it is choice editing. So man, both of these flash and Deadpool, they got, well, he toes the line between to that. I mean, he's that funny. He was Van Wilder. So he's that funny. Which jock. was the same. He's the same character as Deadpool. Pretty right. much funny jock, which, can annoy people. And it's just kind of the one thing he does. Now, uh, Tim Miller will be just fine. You know what he's working on? You guys want to know what he's moved on to? I'm, I'm reading it as we speak. He's developing uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog movie for Sony. So, good choice. Oh, Tim Miller. I don't see how that movie can any, be anything more than a huge satirical <laughs> comedy. I guarantee you that people will go watch that shit, though, oh, because sure. people love Sonic. Yeah, it's a good time to capitalize I just don't know on what, that. Like, what, what kind of tone is that movie going to be? It's, it's got to be ridiculous. Yeah, or Tails it, and Sonic run, it, rolling around. Is it a dark Sonic the Hedgehog? Like, no, please. <laughs> all CG. I think it's going to be CG. Yeah, completely. Like I mean, Ninja I could, Turtle style. Yeah, like, I could easily see just it being kind of an appealing when movie are we gonna to get, everybody. So, speaking of Ooh. Sonic, when are we going to get a Mario Brothers movie? Oh, wait, we had one. We had one, but <laughs> when are we going to get the real you one? Like Bob t- Hoskins? No. And Leguizamo? Come on. And Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper was in that? And, and, uh, yeah, Dennis cast. Hopper as fucking King Koopa. What oh the my fuck God. was Dennis Hopper doing in that movie? When are we going when, when to get a Mario movie that like is now caught up to technology? We need a Dark Knight Mario. Get Zack Snyder on we need, it. We need a oh, Sonic. Are you clamoring for a Super Mario Brothers movie? I mean, if we're getting Sonic, Super Mario is an OG. We need that more than Sonic. I would rather see a Zelda movie. We get oh, a Zelda movie. Zelda movie what about a Donkey Kong movie? Is it just going to be a gorilla rolling around? Or is that already called King Kong? Donkey Kong. I think, they, I think you rolled Donkey Kong right into the Mario Brothers Yeah, movie. I think you got to do all. Wasn't all that shit in Pixels anyways? No. Uh, they, <laughs> but they made uh, Super Smash Brothers who had like Sonic, Mario. Oh, that, yeah. You could create a whole shared universe. You yeah, had yeah. Pikachu well, they, in there. Oh, boy. You had Zelda in Super Smash Bros. Oh, World. nobody wants to see this. Link. You had everything. 
I don't need to see a Sonic Kirby. Movie. Kirby was in there. Kirby. What about Qbert? Fuck Kirby. Look up the Super Smash Brothers roster. That is a shared <laughs> universe waiting to happen. Yeah, but if you watch that ge- that movie with the uh, with the video game Wreck It Ralph, they're oh yeah, yeah, Are that they? one's pretty good. Are it's they? better than Pixels? But something. Wario was in it. Oh, Wario. Yeah, you got Wario and Super Smash. Except get it done. I'm getting excited about Boom, Super Sony. Smash Bros. movie. Look, Tim Miller will give you a shared Sonic universe movie. starting with Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Let me tell you, co- collecting all those coins. What if he just makes Sonic like into a Deadpool clone? Sonic just runs around stabbing people. I don't people. remember Sonic ever Hilarious. saying anything though. He just always he had a, a cartoon. Up. He had a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, there was characters. Gold Ring. Yeah, it was Jaleel White was the voice. Oh shit! Urkel was the yeah, voice of Sonic. Yeah, that's great. He was the voice yeah. for Sonic. Why? Let's Sonic get him. Was such a cool character. Let's get him for the movie. He should be like Tails. <laughs> But he played it as the was Tails a woman. Tails, yeah, Tails was the girl. Oh, Tails was a girl. Dude, I never played Sonic. I was more of a Mario guy. Yeah. Well, Sonic was running. Mario was like hopping and hitting your head on jumping. Yes, yeah. jumping. I liked Italians. What can I tell? And Donkey you? Kong was just smashing shit. Donkey Kong was based off of Popeye, from what I heard. What I learned over a Trivia Geeks podcast that I'm on once right. a week now. I learned a lot I'm of. Telling crazy you, shit. there's a shared universe here. All right, make it happen, Tim Miller. Uh, look, also. That episode you missed last week, Anthony, we talked about uh, this actress, Tessa something or other. Tessa Thompson? No, it wasn't Tessa. Oh. It was Teresa Miller. Whoever, some white girl's like, I want to play Raza, uh, Talia al Ghul in Batman's movie. Just, you know, kind of like because she's a pretty white girl and they get whatever they want. And you don't have to actually try. Well. Wait, why would a white girl? Okay, never mind. I'll tell you where we are going to see Talia al Ghul, though. She's just been cast as a recurring character in Arrow. Oh, I got to catch up on Aha. that. Aha. Alexa Doig. Alexa Doig, who was on Continuum. She's super hot, dude. She's great on Continuum. I love her. She, you know where I saw her? Where do you remember her from? Jason X. Oh, the 10th Jason. Is the, that the one in space? The one in space. Oh, She's like Jesus. the lead in that one. It was awful. You know Alexa Doig, Ruggs? No, I have to look it she, up. She was in Stargate SG-1, uh, the 440s. She's in Continuum. A lot of sci-fi shit. A lot of sci-fi shit. Uh, but she's really good. She was great in Continuum. She looks like she'd make a great Talia. Which is crazy. They had they had nice Nissa, and now they're gonna have Talia Algol. Because really, the show it should just be called fucking Batman at this point. God damn it! What show should I catch up on? Uh, they've <laughs> all been pretty good. Okay, I gotta catch up on. The Flash has been fun. Agents of Shield has been solid. Arrow, I like. I don't know. I've been enjoying a lot of them. What do you think, Rugs? Hold on, I'm almost there. Have you found her? I'm masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Geek boner. I'm masturbating. Oh, wipe that right. off the microphone. No, no, I, I just got the picture up. Uh, <laughs> she was on. Get your hand off my penis! Oh yeah, she was on Continuum. Yeah, she was on Continuum. She's really good. I think uh, it's a good casting. I'm excited to see Talia finally on the show about? because oh. we got Roz, we got Nissa. We're like, just fucking get Talia Al Ghul. The show's Batman, anyways. It's Batman Light. What race is Talia Al Ghul? She's supposed to be like Middle Eastern. And white. Com- combined? She's, oh, wait. Mix? No, I think she's Middle Eastern-ish. Because er, e. Raz Al Ghul yeah. is Middle Eastern. Well, he's Liam Neeson, but he's not Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern. <laughs> but, but the other they, one was Middle but Eastern then they, looking. They, they used to say that was passed down, but now it's, I don't know. That's a good point. That's a good is question. it Raz or is it Raish? It's whatever you want to say. And why is his name the Demon Head? Why is that his actual name? Or is that just a title? That's the, what Raish Al Ghul means. I know. Yeah, he, head of the Demon, yes. But what, what like, was that his is it birth the, name or is that, is, a that title? His birth, is that his driver's license? Yeah. Is that no, what you're that asking? Is, I think that's his, uh, that's, that's the his moniker. Name. Oh, yeah. Al Ghul. Okay. The Al, the Al Ghuls. It's funny that that translates. Well, we have Al Gore and they have Al Ghul. We got Al Ghuls. <laughs> Don't have the Al Ghuls over for dinner. 
we're going to wrap up the news section with some Marvel Netflix news, seeing as how we're going to be talking about Luke Cage in a little bit. Uh, we got some set photos, the Defenders already shooting. Set photos of Misty Knight uh, holding a gun on Jessica Jones. That's kind of cool. So we know they're in production. Here's the most exciting thing. Here's all these people that are confirmed in the Defenders. It's pretty much everyone you think that's going to be in the movie. So they put out a little bit of footage here. I'm going to play this real quick. Uh, It's real short. It's on Twitter. It's Jessica Renwick as Colleen Wing. There we go. Who the fuck is Colleen Wing? I'll tell you in a second. It says the strong survive. And he got a little cage fighting action. That's it. Those who surround us define us. Hashtag defenders. Like two seconds of footage. Colleen Wing is a uh, a friend of uh, Danny Rand's, and she also knows the Kung Fu. And you see her name in Luke Cage. And we'll get to that when we talk about Luke Cage. But Who's Luke Cage? Who's Luke Cage? (laughs) (laughs) Just a cat. Just a Captain America. Harlem's Captain America. Look, Rosario Dawson will be in the Defenders. Added officially as Claire Temple. Rachel Taylor as Trish, Trish Walker. Nice. Scott Glenn as Stick. Yeah. Alden Hansen, Foggy Nelson, Carrie Ann Moss, Jerry Ogerth, Ika Darville, who played Malcolm, oh my will also confi- uh, will appear, joining Simone Missick as Misty Knight and Deborah Ann Wool as Karen Page. I, I have to keep my pants on. Oh, oh right. This is everybody is in this fucking movie. It's, and of show. course we knew show. that uh, the show, sorry. And it's only going to be eight episodes, which is great. And, uh, it, it, it debuts next year. We're thinking the end of next year, possibly there's I three take a shower. Oh my God. Look, uh, Anthony, they went back to saying Punisher is going to come out 2017. So oh. we may be getting three because they filled these things in order. They were filming Punisher. Now they're filming Defenders. I've been away from the game for so long. This is all awesome. We, I think it's actually happening three Marvel shows on Netflix next year. Touch That'll my be leg. cool. Right? Touch, Rugs. touch my leg right now. No, no. Get your <laughs> hit. Get your get. What is that? Ah, uh, yes. I see that you know your judo well. Rugs, does this get you excited for uh, the Defenders? I'm hoping that it's... In lieu of what I saw with Luke Cage, yes. I'm hoping that it's a different kind of energy of a show. That's all. The slow burn is not working for me as much. I, I like you've been you've been assembling this team. We yeah. really need them to assemble to do, actually do something for a long time. Look, the fact that it's eight episodes, like I can't see them messing around. I feel like these are gonna be eight action packed. Move the they story really forward, bring it, dude. Yeah, move really the story forward. Episodes get to the point. Uh, and as we'll discuss, we need to get to the point. We need to get to the point. That's it for the news. I'm excited to talk about Luke Cage. Let's push on after a pause for the cause and these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Trivia Geeks, the unpredictable game show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day in time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. It's not just any day. It's Mr. Throwback Thursday. Hey, this is James. And this is Bill, and we are the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Do you remember when the wheels were steel and the beats were real? We do, and we talk about it every Thursday. You can check out Woo News, One and Done, 
record of the week, and a whole lot more. That's Mr. Throwback Thursday, keeping it classic on iTunes, Stitcher, and at HighVoltageRadio.com. And always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. All right, gang, before we get to Luke Cage, Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix, I just want to mention we have a fan club. Jock and Nerd! It's the Jock and Nerd fan club, which you can find at jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. You can, you can support the show, and you get fun bonus stuff. Anthony, what do they get if they sign up for our fan club? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> they get our, our hearty uh, appreciation and a smack on the face. <laughs> they lose at least a dollar every month. This is what month. you get. So you get... Nothing! You lose! <laughs> Good day, sir! Oh, shit. That is entirely untrue, Anthony. Is that Ghostbusters, too? No, that's Willy Wonka. Oh, that's right. Yes. What you get is bonus asshole. fun audio. Hours of uh, exclusive post shows, stuff we record just for the Patreon feed. Uh, Rug Boys ringtones. You'll get our instant reactions to Doctor Strange. When we see it, we'll walk out of the theater. We'll record a thing on the phone. If I remember. And if you remember to stay awake during it, Rugs, don't forget to record that, okay? I'll do it. Okay. You'll get all of us individually. And for as low as a dollar a month, you're helping the show out, uh, keep helping out with expenses and uh, hosting fees and whatnot. Yeah, it really helps the show. Yes. Just go to jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Let's get to Luke Cage. Imagine the music wow. playing behind us. I'll read it and we'll do it live. We'll no, do it live. Leave this in the show <laughs> that we're talking about you cutting in music. As I fade in the music here, look, before we begin. <laughs> oh, I can hear it. This uh, this show's oh my only been out for a month, uh, so it's a kind of a delayed review. But look, you got to give people time to binge watch this. And since we're gonna spoil shit, I gotta press this button. Zap yourselves in, you fucks! Spoiler time. Now, do you cut the music out when you hit that? No, it's no. gonna be running underneath as underneath. long as it goes. And there may be some other music cues if I'm feeling uh, hip hop, uh, creative, okay. hip, very hip hop yeah. Um So. 13 episodes, Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix. How long uh, did it take you guys to watch? That's always the first thing. Uh, three days. Three days? What about you, Ruggs? No, I, I watched it over like a week and a half. A week and a half? I actually did rewatch some of it the last two days, like the last episode. Oh, okay. Because I... How long did it take you? It took me like five or six, and this is the longest it took me. Really? Yeah. Was it just it didn't hold you? It wasn't we'll, like we'll a thing? We'll get into it. Okay. We'll into it. Look, I, we just got to start with saying Luke Cage created 1972 by Archie Goodwin, John Romita Sr., and George Tuska and are those all white guys? Uh, yes, they are. Which is why <laughs> this Luke Cage is very different from his initial comic book counterpart, being as it was the seventies, and Luke said a lot of crazy sayings. Black exploitation. It was very black exploitation. He was very in your face. A completely different kind of Luke Cage. Yeah, he makes this Luke Cage seem like a conser- very conservative black man. For sure. Uh, but 13 episodes, every episode titled after a gang star song, uh, show run and dire- directed by the incredible Chio Hadari Coker. Let's start with the cast. Should we start with the cast or should we start with just an initial thought on the show? Okay, since Ruggs, since you saw it most recently. Yes. <laughs> why don't you start us Which off? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that never so means anything. <laughs> why don't you try to remember what you thought about the show overall? Once it ended, I got so much shit getting crammed into this little skull of mine that I can't remember. Hold on to anything. Do, do, do a quick. All, all I remember, all thought. I remember is um, my quick thoughts is I thought everybody acted well and everybody was cast well, pretty much. 
I just don't think that a lot enough interesting stuff happened uh, that that was very riveting. I think it was kind of like, all right, let's get let's get through this part. And and why is this one taking so long? Why is this being dragged out? I felt like there was a lot of things being uh, overextended or decompressed, and uh, a little brevity would have would have helped a little bit. All right, uh, Anthony. Still thought the show was was solid. It's my least favorite of the Netflix stuff so far. I think, like Rug Boy, I think the casting was great, um, but I just don't think the script was there for this. And I think, and we'll get into this more, but I think after I think episode six or seven, when when Cottonmouth dies, yeah, and the real villain shows up, I think the show gets very much less interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with a lot of you guys think I liked it better than you. I will, I, I'll put it up higher. Uh, it just purely because the fucking music, the vibe, the atmosphere for this thing to, for me personally, connect like nineties hip hop and awesome funk music and everything from Nina Simone to Marvin Gaye and the style and, and to bring Harlem to life like this, it really, I connected with that. This was like old school hip hop superhero show and i was digging a lot of it uh i i'll put it up there with like the the first season of daredevil like i liked it better than jessica oh, jones no way, ultimately mm. and it, mm. but you it's, liked it better than jessica yes, jones yes but it's wow, be, it's bro. because of the themes it's because of what they were trying to talk about it really is because of the fucking music i was dude. gonna say i don't know no, if but can... i mean imran but it gets to a point where it gets to be a cliche show it's I'll, not uh, it's, yes uh, I, i'll agree i'll agree with in the sense that the first half of the season was really tight. It was a little bit slow build up to get to Luke Cage, but the first six or seven episodes, I loved all that. This show, again, like all the other shows, the third act drags. It totally meanders. It slows everything down. They kind of don't know how to wrap it up. And I think that's because of 13 episodes, but this is, uh, this is the same with all four of these series. The same thing has happened. I think the weakest link on the whole show was shades. Really, I, I love I love Theo Rossi as Shane. Oh, I thought he was her. I thought it was really? a horrible actor. And the fact that he becomes the focus for a while, it really just destroyed the show. The guy who played Cottonmouth was amazing. He was great. Yes, um, Marsha Hala Ali. Yes, the whole political intrigue and the sisters and stuff that was that was okay. Uh, some of the stuff from the the flashbacks was cool, but I feel like that it didn't gel together into a crescendo it kind of just fizzles out especially after he dies Cottonmouth dies the whole show dies i think diamondback was a little bit of a misstep yeah uh well i mean if we're gonna get into diamondback and the cat like diamondback for me is is what kills the show yeah because, a little bit a little bit <laughs> because the show at that point cottonmouth being like the villain towards luke cage and them fighting for harlem like it meant something it was harlem was on the line once Cottonmouth gets in there, it's just a revenge. Oh, you mean line. Diamondback? Diamondback. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Once fucking snakes and shit. <laughs> They're both snakes. When Diamondback gets in there and it's just a revenge brother storyline, like that, that stuff's not that interesting anymore. And for me, we had talked about this coming leading into the show, but all the, the the Black Lives Matter and the cops and all that stuff. I think when you really think about what how they kind of incorporated that into the show, I think they didn't handle it all that well because I felt like it was almost tacked on. Because if you think about what, like, the the police blotter with Luke Cage hitting the cops is great. Like, them and them, like... The, the them, dashboard them, cam. The dashboard cam and them, like, finding him and just profiling people. Like, that was all good. But then when you think about it, they're, like, doing this rally. Like, think about... Like, this is where I think this the show kind of falls apart is the script. Like, think about what they were actually doing. 
Alfre Woodard is hosting this rally. Yeah. Anti-Luke Cage rally. Well, no. Well, it's anti, like, the cops are are, are arresting us because of Luke Cage. Right. So what we should do is we should arm the cops with Judas bullets to kill Luke Cage. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. What are you talking about at this point? The whole Judas bullet. Yeah, the message got fucked up. That is not at all what we were. And, like, the thing is, too, is, like, if you want to make this show, like, a little bit more political, have the cops be white. You had a lot of black cops arresting black people. Then that's just a black on black thing. That's not what that's you're not hitting the message of the Black Lives Matter. Some of the the thugs were white, which I thought was interesting on Diamondbacks team and on Cotton. But but like the message was fucked. Like, why are we arming? Why is she rallying to arm arm the cops? Because they had to get to the stupid Judas bullets because it's the only thing that's going to stop case. Like that was it was forced. It was a forced. I thought that was I thought that was shoehorned in there. I thought like. I don't think they had this planned in there. And then once this all became relevant, which it is, then they were like, okay, we're making a show about a black man. that's bulletproof. This would be great to tack on. But we didn't think this through. Well, the problem is it get, it starts out real like heavy hitting. And then it gets really, really comic booky uh, in the yeah. last act, which those two don't kind of combine. I don't, I don't mind that. If it, if it makes the show better, oh. I think that, it could have used a shot in the arm at that point and, get, and given it another dimension because we had already explored everything about Harlem and its intricacies uh, kind of in the beginning. And so we, we, we can't go back to that well every time. Otherwise, it's going to get draining. So we need to introduce new things. But I felt like Diamondback was not the thing to introduce. Yeah. And I think killing off Cottonmouth. I never found out why they called him Cottonmouth. Did you remember why? Uh, they, they did it was a flash. It was the flashback. Yeah, in the flashback kid. when he was a kid, he had fucked up teeth. Oh, that's right. They would make fun of him by calling him Cottonmouth. I, that's why I really, I really I felt like that wasn't even good enough payoff either. <laughs> no. I I love the first half of this series. Just the way. Oh, yeah, the first half is is really good, for sure. I here's the thing. Before I mean, I'll I'll say some good stuff about this. But okay. The thing that also really bothers me is that. Luke Cage in the comics is from Harlem, but for some odd reason, he's not from he's Harlem. He's not from this. Harlem in this one. So yes. he's from like Alabama, Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. What, so like the whole thing just falls bl- uh, flat for me that he's now the king of Harlem and rallying all these people when the dude has been sitting in Harlem for five months. Like I'm, how yeah. are people rallying behind this guy? And like he represents I'm us right, and he's carrying on pop's legacy anything, I'm like the dude just started if working anything cottonmouth is fucking harlem dude yeah, yeah. like what i don't get that that, that if like if pops I, was harlem yeah if you made luke cage from harlem a lot of a lot of this stuff would be better just just that simple change that, that's a great point they, they changed a lot why? yeah why is he from georgia like i understand like he was playing like this very polite southern guy southern african-american man and, and that works but he could be a Harlem guy and still be the same guy. Well, they, I think they were painting him as a guy who's not, you know, he's on the run. It's not his city. He doesn't want to get involved. But then, if it's not his city, why is the city rallying around yeah, this guy? I don't know. Because Harlem he is out, so Harlem. He helped out a couple like, of people. What randomly. I gathered from this show is yeah. that Harlem is Harlem. They look like, out for themselves. Just, yeah. They go look out yeah. for each other. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. some outsider being like, "That's the guy we're rallying behind." Like, no, but uh, but he is a bulletproof black man, and I think that maybe gives him the edge in terms of people's rugs, minds. You've been to. Harlem, right? Many times. What you think? You, I, I don't know. Do you think they would adopt an outsider immediately? Um, I mean, look, like he's Harlem the guy. Is different than what you think it is. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. It's very actually, it's very mixed nowadays. I think back in the day, 
it used to be a lot more kind of isolated than it was. I was just talking from a dude from with Harlem from Harlem yesterday. And uh, you know, he know like he there is a, a pride in being from Harlem. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a huge pride that's your neighborhood. But I don't really think um nowadays it's as isolationist as it was. Okay. I think it's a lot more open to people and, and whatever. But I do think that with this whole cop thing though, that there is a sense of mistrust in the city, especially the cops and the, you know, and all that stuff. So I think that there is a tension there. There's a huge amount of tension there because of the racial profile and the stop and frisk and all that shit. But there is, there's a palpable thing there. They didn't really deal with that on the show. Like the cops being, they did do the stop and frisk stuff when they were searching for him. Yeah. When they were searching for him, but it really wasn't the, 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 the uh, people against the cops so much. It was, it was weird. Yeah. It was, it was a weird. But thing. I mean, there is a there is an element of the crime that just didn't seem to be real enough to me because, well, yeah. um, you know, there is a there is an element of uh, of dangerousness that I don't think it was there. I think it was far too controlled. I mean, it was definitely more of a character study. And it was kind of like, you know, they said they we want to make this the wire. And I saw that in the sense that it was crime and politics and community and just how they interweave and one has to kind of depend on the other. And I mean, I, if you want to talk about standout performances uh, in terms of villains, fucking Alfre Woodard is Mariah Dillard is so different from the comic books and so much better than in the comic books In the comic oh, books. She's absolutely. A, a large black woman, kind of one note who just likes to smash things. Alfrey Woodard was amazing. The moment she killed Cottonmouth was so organic to me. Like she just flipped. He said the wrong thing. She's, you know, she wouldn't, she's not a killer, but at that moment. No, that's the thing. She is a killer. But she kind of is, and it's she in her. She was the one that was, should have been groomed from the start. Yes. The killer, yes. But she, Cottonmouth. and she's Cottonmouth trying, was the, the, the pacifist. He wanted to be a musician, right. which is also added, but it was a nice touch. That was a cool touch. And uh, he's the one who shoots Uncle Pete. Uh, in the flashback, who was uh, raping, and that moment where he's like, you wanted it, and she just flips out. Wow. Wow. I didn't see that coming. I did not see her fucking killing Cottonmouth. That was amazing. No, that totally worked. I just, I was sad to see Cottonmouth. I know. Still. It was the, the- it, it was a huge, it was a big moment. Like, it worked because you, you saw the flashback, and you saw that Cottonmouth was always a pacifist, and the chief should have been the one that was groomed. It, so that worked in the moment, but for the overall arc of the story. Yeah. Losing Cottonmouth was huge. But she's now a great villain. Like, it ends up with her and, like, Shades as her right-hand man. She's a great She's a great villain in that moment. But then she gets marginalized crazy style by fucking Diamondback. Diamondback comes in and it's automatically she's groveling at Diamondback's feet. I what? think she loses steam. Again, the whole show fucking losing steam. At the end. Diamond, it really No, does. not at the end. Oh, just Right the in the Diamondback middle. Thing. Right when Diamondback shows up yeah. with the fucking Judas bullet bullets. Which, by the way, Alfre Woodard's character... Prior to the Judas bullets goes to Cottonmouth. So bullets don't work. Poison him. Drown him. All she lists all these fucking reasons how you can kill him and they don't even touch that shit. Exactly. Oh yeah. They don't even touch that shit. (laughs) Like you have to think about like the way the script was written and it's like why would you even mention that if that's not going to be a thing? Like you could have killed Luke Cage plenty of other ways without bringing in this fucking do sex machina. Well, you can't boil them in acid. We know that doesn't work, which that was the moment when the show got a little too comic booky is when they're boiling them in acid. 
Well, I don't see. I don't. I don't. I disagree in that it doesn't like like Rugboy said. I don't think it being comic booky is a thing. I yeah. think it was the fact that they just it changed. It changed on yeah. a dime. Yeah. Where it wasn't woven in like yeah. the comic booky stuff. It was just like, all right, we gotta get to comic book shit now. We gotta get to the little rugs. Who else did you like uh, cast wise that stood out for you? Well, I said I didn't like Shades. I like Cottonmouth a lot. I think you know, of course, Claire Temple was great. What about Misty? Simone Misty Knight was great. Misty amazing, Knight was actually dude. really, really good. And uh, she could hold her own show, possibly, like yeah, like kind of maybe, like a Luke Cage show. Maybe. maybe I think that I liked what they were doing with her in the beginning, and then they stopped doing it. Where well, she was kind of like inceptioning all this shit. Like well, oh was- yeah, let's uh, let me talk about that. They did it towards the end once, but. So I love seeing her kind of in her comic book costume with the big fro. They do a nod to her eventually getting like a cybernetic arm given to her by Tony Stark in uh, episode 11 where she gets shot in the arm. And, you know, you at first you're like, I think you have to cut the arm off, but they're just fucking with you. But it was this her power. It was like that TV show where that girl remembers everything and she step back in her memories and walk around a scene. But she was doing it with photos, with memories. Yeah, it was like a, she had she could just imagine what would have happened if she had all the evidence. So not a superpower, but just a really good fucking mo- uh, crea- uh, imagination memory. She was good. I mean, she could hold her own with Luke Cage. She was a lot of character. strong women in this, too. She was a strong woman. But here's where I again, I'm going to poke holes in this. Yeah. shit. She was well acted. Very good. Very well casted. But her if you think about her arc. Yeah. She sucks, too, <laughs> because she is has this partner. She's supposed to be this awesome detective. She never notices that her fucking partner is working for the. For the, uh, the the crime scarf, yeah, scarf. She never notices that. It's all underneath her nose. She never notices any of that shit. Then she doesn't question it. She either. doesn't question it. Yeah. And then she finds out, and she has to find out from other people. It's not like if they would have written That's it where she was point. like, kind of on the on like the, she figured she, it out. She kind of figured it out before yeah. everybody. Yeah. Then she'd be an awesome detective. So she's demarginalized with that. Then at the end, she has this weird arc where she's like. The system doesn't fucking work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So she has that arc. Okay. Maybe might 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 make sense why she'd become a superhero. But then think about it. She held a witness out of in custody. That's a stupid move. She held Candace. Yeah, that was terrible. She held yeah. a witness. Yeah. Um. She didn't go by the book. She held a witness and didn't tell anybody. That witness dies. Because, How is that? Yeah. The system's fault that you went out the out of your way to not report this witness, and then because she was not protected by the police. She died because of use. How is that the system? No, that's yeah, this right. is another of example of how the script is like. I don't think they really had their fucking T's crossed and their eyes at died. the end. But her boss does tell her. She goes, "No, it wasn't the system. It you didn't trust the system. That's what you so know." So then she quits. Yeah. That, well, does she quit at the end? Because she shows up. Fucking Mariah is running Harlem's Paradise at the end, and Misty Knight shows up in her fucking afro. Did she quit the force? Is she a vigilante now? That's the way I got interpreted. Oh, okay. It, but it, the way they, they got there was like, instead of it being smooth, they like fucking stumbled their way to that point. No, the ending, the, the dude, they did not know how to end all. It was a, the last episode was really just a recap of the whole series. If you think about it, like they repeated the themes over a lot. Like they kept, like you said, rugs, they kept banging home the same message over and over again. And Luke's like, look, I just, I got to do what's right. What do we think of Luke Cage? I, I, I like Coulter's performance. Uh, it's very interesting again, how he is a conservative black guy, like as Luke Cage, that to me is the most fascinating, but I love his stoicism. I love that. He doesn't want to be called the N word. Uh, and, uh, I just, I thought he did a great job. 
I think that that's great because I feel like that's a very intellectual way of yeah. approaching. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that status because I feel like it's very cool to like perpetuate these things, but it's even more responsible to not do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it shows a lot of responsibility on his part where he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be somebody that people are going to look at. I have to at least set an example, promote, yeah. promote something that is in everyone's best interest. So, and it was cool. how like he was, well read like the 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 references to black culture from the music so all the writers they talked about were harlem writers that i had never heard about but uh, apparently these are prominent black writers and uh, i kind of love the intellectual discussion uh i like the origin episode even with the flashbacks in the prison where he had the worst looking fake beard i've ever fucking seen oh my god that was bad but uh great origin now it did take it was definitely like like we said all these shows they wait till the very end to to put the character a hero, no, this, one, this one, this one, episode four, he was a hero. He's right? out in the TV. I'm Luke Cage. I'm and I'm uh, I'm not for hire yet. But he kept saying, "I'm not hired. Pay me. I mean, you can't hire me." Yeah. You know, stuff like that. They kept going with the um the narrative that he's Harlem's Captain America. Harlem's and then, Captain and then actually, America. That worked for me because, like Rugboy said, he he had that the depth to him of you know being uh doing the right thing and like. Having like not falling to cultural norms is is okay, and he's like captain, like he's the guy. Uh, I can see him being the guy on the defenders that is like the moral. He sticks to his morals uh, no matter what. Not only uh, Captain America, but I loved how Pops is kind of like the uh, Uncle Ben, Pa Kent of of his superhero journey. Even his saying like "never backwards, always forward" is kind of like your great power comes great responsibility. That's the mantra, yeah, yeah. You, know, I liked that, but again, this would work. So much more if fucking Luke Cage was from Harlem, dude. I guess you're and, right. And Pops was God, Pops really, was mentoring him from the start. Didn't bother me until you just mentioned it earlier. If Pops was mentioned, like Pops mentored Cottonmouth, which is awesome. Yes, but if he would have mentored Luke Cage as too, Luke Cage as well as a kid, how much more would that resonate? Luke Cage knew this asshole for five months. Come on, dude. I, I know mean, people can make an impact <laughs> on you, but it, if it was a lifetime of <laughs> Harlem, that would yeah, mean so much I mean, more. That's a big pill to swallow right, right there. There's also a lot of... And just adopting, like, the thing, adopting the swear jar. Like, dude, you knew the guy for five months. <laughs> you knew him for five months. Dude, you're not you're not carrying this guy's legacy. Pops left an indelible there's, mark there's on... There's lots of guys in Harlem Lucas. that could take that legacy from you. There was a lot of... I also thought there was a lot of Christ uh, parallels with the Judas bullet and uh, a couple of other things. I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, he was like, Luke Cage was like Harlem savior. Yes. He's Harlem savior. I loved all the references to the greater Marvel universe. I mean, from the guy selling the bootleg of the incident, like five years later, it's still a thing, but they mentioned Frank castle, Jessica Jones, Claire goes, I know a lawyer. You had um, Trish Walker, doing Trish Walker, Trish talk. One of the shows. They mentioned Fisk. Some of those were really handled. Well, the Trish Walker one was very organic. It makes perfect she sense. She has a radio yeah. show, and they would be talking about this. There was a CrossFit mention in one. I thought that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I liked um, Turk is in it. I liked that Turk's this show, great. Luke Cage, was out in the public because Daredevil, he's like hiding. Jessica Jones, she doesn't want to be a hero, but Luke Cage is like, yeah, I'm, I'm a hero. Like, right? Not even telling people he's a hero, but he's like, he just people know who he is, and so yet he nice continues dynamic. to be like, "I'm not a hero. I'm just doing." How do you like how they handled Luke Cage as a superhero, though? Like his powers? 
Yeah, like how did you like the way they cinematically displayed what he could do? Were you wowed by it? Were you underwhelmed? Like, how did you feel about it? I think it's always going to be tough when you have a guy that's just basically unbreakable. So I like right. I like the the initial part of the fist getting broken, but after a while, the gu- the bullets firing off of him, I felt like that got tired. It's very Superman, though, if you think about it. Him crushing the guns, standing there taking bullets, kind of old school Superman who would just kind of walk around and just gently push people because he knows he can hurt them. Yeah, it kind of made sense ultimately that this is how we. And then, then of course, you got to have. The Judas bullet. Here's another thing I didn't like about the Judas bullet. Three episodes, it takes him on. It takes fucking forever. Like, the whole back half of the show, like, and then that standoff fucking drags. Like, episode 10, I wrote in my notes, I was, like, meandering. What, I wrote down. What standoff was this one? The standoff oh, uh, where they're, they were in. Uh, oh, they're in the, the club? I think it's where they were, they're where they're in the club, yes. Yeah. Just that standoff took forever. It was like a bunch of episodes and he's out for three episodes. And it's like the same thing happens in Jessica Jones where the lead character and then they focus on like the side characters for an episode. But it's it's clearly padding. Why does this have to be 13 episodes? And the thing that also makes it kind of anticlimactic is that they're in the same places all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the same the same set, like same a, location. Yeah, it, you're like in the club, or you're at Pops, or you're you're somewhere on the street, or you're in a prison. Those are the three scenes that you get. Pretty much. Did anybody else? Uh, was Scarf being dirty? Did that catch anybody by surprise, or were you uh, kind of was that telegraphed? Did we? Nah, to that? that wasn't really that much of a big deal for me. There's always saw dirty cop in every every one of these. That's true. Um, also, a rat. And when he was in Seagate, I was hoping we would get to see some of the other fuckers in Seagate. The, the biggest surprise was was seeing uh, Cottonmouth die. Yeah, that, that I mean, that was a good twist. But I don't think the show recovers from that point is the problem. So let me just ask you, Imran. Yeah. You don't think the show recovers, but you think this is like the second best show you've seen out of Netflix? Yes. <laughs> You're basing this purely off of how you felt about the music. I'm telling you, dude. I, like my time in New York where I was all about hip hop. It just, it took me back to being in New York uh, when I was in college in the 90s. And I just, I really appreciated the care for the soundtrack, for the performances, the style of the show, the fashion of the show. And really, you take out the last three episodes, like the first six, seven episodes are solid. Like, I, I wish they had that level of care for the script is what I'm saying. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, like, I mean, I did enjoy aspects of it a lot. I just don't think it's as cohesive as a whole. That's all. Yeah. It's co- not. Uh, that's the thing. It's not. Uh, it's not cohesive. And I think again, it falls to the thirteen episode. Marvel just cannot no. figure out how thirteen episodes are no. going to work. Like there are literally episodes and scenes in here that take entirely too long. The look. The reason why and, and that they're literally just spinning their the wheels. The thing. Uh, the reason why I think this succeeds more is that because of the topical nature of of what they're talking about, like. With your, the Trayvon Martin thing, like when the, everyone is walking around wearing uh, uh, hoodies with bullets in it to throw everyone off, like that, they they have balls. Like they were saying the N word. That surprised me right away when they were just saying the N word in the show. I was like, oh shit, this is different. The, I mean, the attack on Crispus Attucks. The whole beginning of the show is solid, and it just had me pumped for for a while. And then, even though none of these shows can recover the third act, so like that puts it on an even keel with the rest of them. Yeah, I don't know. But oh, also, but I think that Daredevil has the fight scenes. Yeah, well, you can't be action yes. to really yes 
to pull you forward. And Jessica Jones had that the intrigue there that it was very dark and it had this intrigue that mystery that was unfolding and all of these things. How are they going to get this guy that's ungettable? Like yeah, this yeah. great enemy that they fucking killed for no apparent reason. They, can, they kill all the good ones. Uh, well, but- and I think what Jessica Jones has over this, in my opinion, obviously you think this Luke Cage is better, but Jessica Jones had the allegories to like PTSD and yeah. rape and yeah. trauma. And I think they handled those very well. Yeah. Whereas and, this was, and it has Luke Cage in it. Yeah. And it has Luke Cage in it. <laughs> Well, this had the allegories to like the Black Lives Matter and all that stuff, but I think they stumbled on all that stuff. Maybe too heavy-handed in some spots. Not even too heavy-handed. Just I don't think they thought it through and just fucking dimed back. Oh my god, <laughs> Theo. I agree. Theo Rossi's character, like, what is? I don't understand. He had no depth to him whatsoever. The entire show. He's, He's just, just standing there in shit and glasses, and then he makes out with Alfred Woodard. That was fucking weird. And then Diamond he was horrible. Back. That was the kiss was awkward. Di- yeah, the kiss was awkward. But Diamondback, dude, like. This show is so real at this point. And then yes. he comes in yes. like soliloquying the fucking Bible and like yes. this guy's not a real person, dude. No so one over grows the up top. like this. Like no one acts like this, dude. Like, come on, man. I also thought it was odd though where uh, Luke is not like the nonviolent one, yet in the flashbacks, it's all about them sparring and fighting each other. And like that was Ultimately, that was the thing was brother against brother. But you didn't like the Rocky ending? The, the yeah, it was the, ending? you got a rock. <laughs> yeah, my my ring is outside. <laughs> that costume, though, that needed some work. I mean, uh, I get it. It looks true. like the comic book, but uh, wow. That costume needed some work, for sure. <laughs> but I did, I you know, I thought it was interesting was Theo Rossi. Shades was always like, yo, you got a plan? Diamondback's like, oh, man, I'm going freestyle off the door. Like, Diamondback comes in for no reason, has no plan. What does he even want? You don't really know. He's just in there. You don't know what his end game is. Like I didn't, I didn't get that. I felt like it was also too convenient that like it happens to be Luke Cage's brother that is now the king of Harlem. Yet he's the one running Harlem from behind the scenes. But again, <laughs> these guys grew up in Georgia. So how the fuck did he end up in Harlem? Luke Cage ends up in Harlem. Like that's too much of a coincidence. <laughs> It really is. Like, <laughs> it's all how is this dude running right Harlem? But he's from Georgia too, <laughs> and no one knows who he is. And he was running. Was he running Harlem to one day wait for Luke Cage to get to Harlem to I, then get yeah. his revenge? What was the point Why? of Di- what was Diamondback's fucking plan? That's what I'm saying with this plot, man. Like, think about the script and think about like he's running Harlem to wait for Luke Cage to get to Harlem so then he can get revenge on his brother, or was he watching from afar waiting for Luke Cage no, to appear yeah. somewhere so then he could chase him? Like, what's what? If these dudes were from Harlem, a lot hard. of this would make more sense. And Diamondback just sucked. I hated Diamondback. He's the worst villain so far we've had. He yeah, might be it, what? Actually, Nobu is pretty bad. But Diamondback is also pretty. Nobu up. had less time. Nobu didn't speak, <laughs> which was actually better because Diamondback. I mean, this show has sucked. like one of the best villains and one of the worst villains we've seen. Yeah, man, Marhasala, Hotmouth, even uh, um, so good. Mariah Dillard, I think she was fucking well, scary. The, and, like his villainy is like so relatable. It's like not that you would become this villain, but like your parents pushing you, or your aunt, your aunts, or your uncles pushing you into a career that you never wanted. Like you could relate yeah. to, like yeah. Families for like from Eastern countries. I want you to be doctor. They want you to be a fucking doctor. And, and they don't, whatever they, that means. And you have this talent, <laughs> and they're like, "Shut that fucking talent like, down." It's a, hobby. Not, it's a hobby, dude. Yeah, you, you need a career. That's it, and that's something they added. That that's a real like thing yeah. that's relatable. Yeah, it wasn't in the comic books. They added that whole side to Cottonmouth. Which yeah, that I thought was it worked awesome. really good, and it worked with the music. Uh, Rugs, let me ask you this: the Woot, the Method Man cameo, right? Method Man plays Method Man. 
in the show. So does that mean in this universe, the Wu-Tang exists in the Marvel universe? Wu-Tang always exists. Yes, in the in the MCU. That like think about that. That's deep cuts right there. Like the Wu-Tang exists as himself, which is perfect for them. Robert Downey Jr. says to uh uh Hawkeye before he picks him up, uh here we go, Legolas or something like that. So, like, they've always done the pop culture stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, they do have always been. But Method Man's there. I was like, wait a minute. That means he's in the MCU. What's going on? I love that. That was a great moment. He's like, PLO's my jam. Well, so is Macy Gray, but then I realized that that's uh, the That was the Spider-Man universe, yeah. Oh, yeah. Macy Gray's like, what the shit am I doing here? Singing. You, like, you love that stuff, right? <laughs> Doesn't that immediately date the film, though? Or yeah, it really does. Yeah, like, no one cares about Macy <laughs> Gray no, ever again. No. no. Like, yeah, when you rewatch Spider-Man, you're like, Macy Gray. Macy Gray? Macy who? No, they don't even know that bitch's name. (laughs) Was that Living Color when they did the Macy Gray thing with the muff? I think so, because her hair looked like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got to find that clip. (laughs) Uh, What else did we like? Misty Knight, I thought, it's kind of like the Jim Gordon of the show a little bit. Except shittier detective. Shitty detective, but she knew she got, got to work with him, and yeah, but she was high, and she she bangs Luke Cage, yeah, right off the bat, right yeah, off the bat. <laughs> and right the whole coffee the thing yeah. and his corny lines that I thought were great. I like the coffee, like you want to go get some coffee, and then it's just banging. Oh, and he's like, I heard Cuban is the most robust roast. And she's like, that's the corniest thing you've ever said. Rosario Dawson, though, she's believable. She makes anything believable. Like she's there, and you buy that she's dipping she's, her. She's, she's the Coulson. Except not Coulson. Yeah. Like, not acted the same, but yeah. she's the link. Here's my question, though. When they were boiling him in acid and she had to cut through him, uh, she had gloves that don't melt in acid somehow. Oh, like, yeah. her gloved hand was in the acid. Nothing happened. Oh, you're so nitpicky. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I noticed stupid <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. That doctor, though. Oh, yeah. He was so. Bernstein. Fucking, he was so comic booky. He was so <laughs> over the top. And you well, meet that guy and you're yeah. like, this guy is just not a real person no he's not good but at the end like we find out uh bernstein has willis striker in the hospital yeah he's gonna experiment because in the comic books i believe carl uh luke cage has a brother who turns into somebody named cold fire through experiment so they may be doing that the whole reva thing was interesting too like it's it 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 got him past reva so he can now be open to a relationship with like Claire, I guess. But the fact that she was fucking, she knew about the fight club. She was lying to him. Where'd you, th- what'd you guys think about that? All that, the prison flashback and the Reva stuff. I don't know if rug boys can Rugs? speak or not. He keeps opening he his mouth. And then what are you watching? It. You're watching that. The muff, that gray muff? Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny. Uh, I remember it to be funny. But uh, second thought. Uh, it's not funny. Uh, it's Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Being gray and singing the whole song. Yeah, it's the opening to the MTV Movie Awards. Anyway, so um, you're talking about the prison shit. Yes, I actually like that. That was a very strong part of the movie. Actually, yeah. I like that whole dynamic. Riva like selling him out. I was like, oh, that was a tough one there. But like, because like the whole time that he's in Jessica Jones, that's his whole motivation. Is yeah, Riva. that's his whole motivation in the photo, and that stuff gets you know repurposed for this. And then when when you find out that she sold him out and she was lying to him, yeah, that was messed up. You get douche chills. Yeah. Although yeah. Prison Fight Club was pretty awesome. I think they could have done more with that. Yeah. They could have yeah, done more absolutely. of the like Mandingo kind of allegory of like a white guy has these black men fighting for entertainment. Yeah. For, sort of for, yeah. I like, would have liked to see a little bit more of 
maybe some of the experiments that were happening and maybe see like, they had an opportunity there that they had this fucking dude that was experimenting on on these prisoners and they could have been enemies for 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 Luke Cage yeah. and they we would have seen more it. powered powered villains almost they could have introduced more people from villains. his past yeah that would have not just been his revenge seeking brother the best thing to come out of the the flashback prison episode for me is him getting in the old Luke Cage gear, looking in the mirror. That was great. Like, you, I look you look it's like you look like a damn fool. You look like a damn fool. He's got fool. the tiara, the gauntlet, the <laughs> yellow shirt, the chain. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that looks horrible. The, the that would never jeans, work. <laughs> the blue pants, whatever. Oh, my God. He looked, but see, why couldn't they just keep they like, did, Luke Cage is in a hoodie the entire show? Yeah. Why can't he just wear like a yellow hoodie? He uh, had like a, a yellow shirt, shirt in the beginning yeah. a little bit. But then like, they just give the guy that like, why don't they don't embrace the Netflix stuff is weird. They don't embrace like the, the comic booky stuff when it's so easy. Like you could just put them in a yellow shirt, dude. But all the time, and it gets shot up, and then he's gonna find another yellow shirt. I mean, fucking Daredevil wears the same he red does. outfit entire that's show. Good, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. But the fact- like yellow could be his thing. Like he just loves yellow. I was wearing gold and yellow. It's his color. Yeah, it's it brings out. I mean, instead, instead they made it a hoodie. Like now he's well, but the hoodie. hoodie analogy was for Trayvon Martin. Yes. Was for that. That's why the hoodie was important. And it became like a symbol. Make it a fucking hoodie that's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I loved that. There was fucking references to hip hop stuff that you guys probably didn't get that I no, like. I like D-Nice being the DJ. D-Nice was the DJ. D-Nice is this dude from like 30 years ago. And I was like, where's D-Nice been? He's DJing. At one point, and, uh, Luke refers to thugs as plug one and plug two, which are nicknames from guys from De La Soul. Uh, the best is episode nine is titled Dwick, which is a song for from Gangstar. They all are. But in that one, Misty Knight, when she's getting interrogated, they have that line where she's like, lemonade does a popular drink. And the guy goes, it still is. That is a direct line from the Gangstar song Tw- Dwick that goes, lemonade was a popular drink and it still is. I got more props and stunts than Bruce Willis. And I was like, right now they did the song from the fucking, uh, they did the line from the song. I love all that shit. <laughs> Except then they did the syringe down the throat, which was kind of uh, disgusting. Oh yeah, I don't like when they do that. They did the eyeball last time, they remember? Eyeball, Jessica yeah. Jones. Oh yeah, and then they dip them in acid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say this: the show has um, very well acted. Like I said earlier, a lot of, uh, I mean, Mar Hasalali, Luke, uh, Mike Coulter, uh, Simone Mystic, like they all do well. Rosario Dawson, great cast. Alfre Woodard. I mean, it's a good, very good cast. They had stuff there, and I, for whatever reason, they pivoted off that stuff and went in another direction that I just... Because it's just And that's long. why, for me, the show, granted, five days is not a long time, but for me, usually I finish this shit in like two, three days, like a day or two, but I just wasn't riveted to keep were, watching. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I finished it out of... I finished it because I want to finish it, but well, I, know I, I, didn't, I wasn't like, I have to watch There it wasn't myself, that so. thing there pushing you, making you push I mean, play. I, this, you guys are going to kill me for saying this, but... Like, I'll watch Gotham and want to watch the next episode more. <laughs> but that's a different, that's for a different reason, though. You're like, wow, how could this get any fucking worse? I and that's can't a wait. fucking terrible show. <laughs> what, does that, what does that tell you? Well, but they, it tells you that yeah. there's, that they move shit along so fast at a pace that, that, Maybe that's not the answer. No, but is this a, a, an issue with the way these shows are structured? Being that it's not week to week on network, it's all at once. And they know. I think this is the. I think I did. I tell you about this. There was an article on uh, 
think it was might have been birth movies death or io9 one of the two whereas this is a symptom of actually the tv in general yes is that instead of writing cohesive episodes that are tell a story in one episode and that you get something out of they're writing now for the binge watching audience so like walking dead is a very big example of this but a lot of the netflix stuff yeah it's made so that there's some sort of clickbait where you can just continue but if you think about that episode as a whole, it was just spinning its wheels. Well, I mean, they do that at, at the end value. of the third episode. You know, uh, Cottonmouth brings the building down. It's decompression. Yeah. You take something that you can do in one or two episodes and, and you stretch, stretch it out, out three or four. Yeah. yeah. And that's what happened at the end, <laughs> towards the end of the series. Where, But is that because they're con- they're all contracted for 13 episodes and they're padding it out? Whereas network television, you don't write all of it at once. Uh, you and you need to keep it kind of self-contained. I this think, is like a long movie. I but think the, the, part the thirteen episode <laughs> stuff. I think it's obviously contracted, so they have to do thirteen. And I think they they rush these things a little bit. And they, unlike network TV, where they film an episode, yeah, not everything's filmed right away. Right, they kind of pivot and react to things. This is might be a drawback to like the Netflix style is that they have to film all of this stuff right away and turn it around real quick. So. They don't have enough time maybe to think about like what individual episodes and what storylines will make sense. I think it's just a minor tweaking that has to happen. Like, I don't think they should just scrap the way they're doing it because I think it does work. I mean, if you think about Game of Thrones and you think about these series that we really like, like Walking Dead and all of these, like Breaking Bad, especially, they had this like seasonal, like transformation of the character that, you know, especially with Breaking Bad, you saw. You know, the guy go from being this teacher to being this like horrible guy or this guy that was lying to his family and, 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 all, and all the depths that he would go to. But everything was like um, incremental. Yeah. But, but it was very well paced, like two or three episodes would get you a certain distance. Yeah. And then another three episodes would get you even further. And by the time you're at the end, you're at a wholly completely different place with this guy than you were in the beginning. And if you look at Luke Cage, like Harlem still, you know, got a kingpin. It's a different kingpin, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he dealt with his brother, but he wasn't even the guy who ultimately stopped Cottonmouth. You know, yeah. there was not that satisfaction there. Yeah. Right. So there was like, where did we really get with Luke Cage? Like he was hated by everybody and then he redeemed himself. And he was loved and then people. And- he was loved from the beginning though. He was loved from that, that part when he was in the church talking about pops. People well, he, loved him then. Uh, he yeah. had, the thing with Luke so, Cage is he had, I think this is the spinning its wheels and decompression. He was loved in the beginning. Yeah. He was hated and because they, Cottonmouth was like turned having people robbing, yep. having people robbed and say it's Luke Cage's fault. He was loved again. Then he was framed then again. Then he was framed. <laughs> then he was loved again. So you had again. five times. I thought framed. it was awkward when the last episode, when he's fighting Diamondback in the street and people are chanting Luke, 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 and the cops are there with their guns drawn on Luke with the Judas bullets. Like, what about? Clearly, Diamondback's the bad guy. Like, why are you just stopping Diamondback? And everyone is like, Luke, Luke. Like, then he, he could have just walked away, Willis, and nobody would have done shit. It was just weird. Yeah. Also, I think. The sim- a symptom of these Netflix shows is, like Rugboy was saying, these awesome shows, these characters become and in, go into a different place by the end. Yeah. But then you watch these Netflix shows, and I love them, but like Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, you know going in that this is a superhero show. Yeah. But 
it's an or they're all origin stories. Yes. And like, yes, an origin story in a movie, like it already kind of sucks because yes. you just want to see the hero, yeah. but it takes two hours. These shows, it's like are four episodes of origin, 13 hours or of origin. 13. Yeah. I mean, look at the end of daredevil. He doesn't get the ma- the suit till the end of daredevil. Yeah. End of Jessica Jones. She doesn't become a hero for hire or mm-hmm. a hero until someone is like, Hey, Jessica, there, there's people calling for your help now. Like that ends in the 13th. Even Luke Cage is like, He's hero, but he's hasn't fully become his hero until the end. So when you're waiting 13 hours for what you were originally intending on watching, that kind of right. sucks. Well, you're gonna have to wait 13 hours to get to your Iron Fist too. But that's why I always like the second of superhero movies because the origin bullshit is usually out of the way. Have you ever watched Fargo? Yeah, that's the TV show. The TV show is like a great example of kind of like writing for an entire season. Okay, yeah. Because they know at the end of that season, they're moving along to a completely different story. They're going to scrap right. and go to a ne- the next. It's like an anthology per season. Right? Yes. So it's like one season anthology. They'll do one season telling about characters, and then they're going to move on. So by the end of that season, all of these characters are completely different or dead. You know, one or the other. And uh, all, all of the things that um, were happening get resolved. And you really feel like you've gotten this really big movie that's like, you know, a bunch of episodes long. Yeah. Like 10, I think it's like 10 or 12 episodes long. I gotta watch that. I heard it's good. And it's fucking un- incredible. It does move a little slow, but I mean, if you're watching this shit, it's the same thing. There's no superheroes <laughs> in it, but. But Anthony, you're right. The problem is like, they gotta set up the main guy. They gotta set up the supporting people. They gotta set up the bad guys. They gotta set up pops. Like, it's a lot. Of, uh, sometimes it's, it's like Claire just pops up and gives you exposition to move the thing along. Yeah, I mean, I th- there is a lot to set up, but I think you have 13 episodes. Like, you can do this a little bit more efficiently. Hey, did anybody else think when Pops got killed that maybe the bullet bounced off Luke and fucking hit Pops? I don't know if that that might have been a thing. I was, I, like, I was like, oh, shit, did it just bounce off of him and kill him because of him, which would have been even worse, but they I, never I love this. They didn't even address they didn't that address at that. all. They didn't no, address that. No, they didn't. I love the scene, though, after where Cottonmouth, the guy was like, fucking, I killed him, you know. Just a victim. That guy should have gotten killed, right? He did. He did. Cottonmouth he, threw him off a roof. Yeah, remember? Because yeah. he's like, I didn't, that tell was you, awesome. I didn't tell you to do that. Yeah. I love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could like, use with someone else. The depth to Cottonmouth, man. Yes. He's so good. Yes. He's not just a villain. Like, he's got a heart. Well, he'll like, beat the fuck out of you. And then just the with the, the Biggie Smalls painting in the background. Like, I love just the and color. He it out to a Basquiat at the end. Was it Basquiat? So it tells you I, something. I, I think you're right. Because basically, it turns. To like a grotesque abstract painting reflecting like Mariah Dillard's psyche possibly oh, yeah. at the end. She's all screwed up. I fucking love Mar- I mean, I think Mariah could give Wilson Fisk a run for his money. Yeah, if they wouldn't. The thing about this show, too, that kind of sucked. I liked Cottonmouth, but the villains overall sucked. Even Cottonmouth in terms of like they never gave these villains any like real credibility. Like every time Cottonmouth would get started. They would pull the route a rug out from under. Yeah, and yeah. I know that that was kind of like an illusion or like part of it's because he's not actually a villain. Like he never really had the heart for this, but, and that made it a little bit more, uh, uh, digestible, but still like they never gave any of these villains other than fucking diamondback who sucked dick. Any real like, wait, like this guy can actually be a threat. I mean, they could have ended like episode six where it ends, where he finally cottonmouth gets arrested. I was like, this would be a great ending. I was like, now what? This is a perfect ending for the show. Like, it kind of got resolved. Luke Cage is out. Cottonmouth's in jail. I would have been happy there. And then it just kept going. And the next minute, Cottonmouth, of course, he's out of jail. Right. He's worth the deal. 
and he's out of jail. I mean, overall, I another solid effort, obviously, from Marvel on Netflix. I would give it like if we're gonna give it a grade. Yes. What would you give it? You give it like an A? I would give it an A minus. Damn. Wow. I would <laughs> give it like a maybe a B. I would probably go like a B minus C plus effort. Wow. Yeah. I would even I would go B minus with you. Like anytime you combine hip hop and comics, you got me. What can I say? That's all. I, like, if they would have yeah, thrown Spider Man in there. You I know. That would have been it. Yeah. <laughs> I love hip hop too, but I mean, the thing is, it's that's not going to that alone is not going to be able to sway me. That Method Man or whoever is in there, you know, chilling. Doing I, I love Method Man, and then Sway, Sway from Sirius XM is on there. Sway is awesome. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, there was look. Listen, like this is a good start. Let's, but I'm just worried about these Marvel shows being underwhelming all the time. Well, and like if it's like this is Marvel we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about Disney money. So I want to mention one thing before we talk about kind of like what's the future of Marvel is kind of who we who we can thank for the way Luke Cage is now. Like we said in the beginning in the '70s, he was an embarrassing stereotype. He was a black exploitation character. So the dude we want to thank is Brian Michael Bendis, people, uh, because he's kind of brought Luke Cage back and made him this version of Luke Cage that we see on the television. Here's why. he In 1981, he picked up Marvel Team-Up Annual 4. Now, Marvel Team-Up was the book where they took C-list superheroes and they just teamed them up with Spider-Man so that people would be introduced to Spider-Man. This issue has a very interesting set of heroes pairing with Spider-Man. He's joined with from with Moon Knight, Daredevil, Iron Fist, and Power Man, and the villain is the Purple Man. So it's almost like uh 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 you know like the he they were seeing the Netflix shows in the beginning, but this got his imagination. So Brenda starts writing Ultimate Spider Man in two thousand, then he moves on to Alias, which is the Jessica Jones book, and he's like, hmm, who can I bring in? Who would work good in this world? And he asked his editors, he's like. Can I use Power Man? Can I use Luke Cage? He just become a fan. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Like nobody gave a shit about Power Man. But this is where he starts to write him as a, a, a conservative dude, not the crazy black exploitation, you know, phrase spouting Luke Cage from the 70s. This is the modern version. And Bendis introduces him in New Warriors. Jessica Jones has a baby with Luke. They have a relationship. And now he, you know, he he was in New Avengers and he became a, a main part of the event, one of the Avengers teams. But really, I thought it was interesting how Bendis uh, brought back Luke Cage from kind of obscurity and and seventies cheese. Wouldn't it have been cool if like Luke Cage was more like like you had black people in this in this show call him like an Uncle Tom, and like he was the one that like united the police with the the community. <laughs> he but he he did it, but he didn't. There wasn't that. There wasn't enough. I mean, it was ballsy, but that would really have been they would have been I, pushing it. I also it. think that the relationship with Jessica Jones is interesting too, because that's like crossing borders and stuff like that as well, yeah, yeah. and crossing over stereotypes. And he ultimately has to be with Jessica Jones, and you don't see him pining for her at one bit, or even like thinking about her one bit. Yeah, but he uh, he had a relationship with Night Nurse too. Oh, I love he called they called her Night Nurse. The one guy's like, get oh, yeah. Night Nurse uh, some help over here. Escort Night Nurse. But I mean, there should be some kind of a, a some kind of a, a nod to that, no? 
That he kind of has a thing for Jessica Jones. I don't know if they nodded that he had a thing, but they, they said her name. They said something. Yeah, but that was uh, yeah, it that was really it. it. I mean, at the end of that show, he's he's a fugitive too. Like his bar blew up, and then he was on the run. No, he like just left. Oh, he left because he's he doesn't want anyone to find out who he is. Right. So at, at the, the end of this show, yes, at the end of this the show, police just arrest him. They fucking their Georgia comes back and they're like, "You still owe us time." Look, we know you're innocent, but you technically broke out of jail. You owe us time, so he's going back to jail. Well, that didn't make sense either. Not the the part that he gets arrested, but like the police were just like, "All right, you're innocent." Come no, there is actually a dash cam of him throwing a police officer. But he explained the context. And, uh, oh, you can just explain the context explain to a police con- person, a policeman. Explain the context. You know, the, the, there's context here. He was no, framed. you can never put a fuck. No, he wasn't framed. They, no, they were after him because uh, Diamondback was punching people. It made it look like Luke. Right. He's framed. You still can't put your hands on a cop. And, and, and at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to just get off of it by sitting in the. In yeah, the, that was a weird thing, right? Yeah, they just like, they just yeah. dropped it. He he dialogue he dialogued his way. He monologued his way out of that at the end of the show. Where remember they're all standing around. Yeah. And he's like, I do what's right. I don't care, you know, what which for. I'm always going to do the right thing. I'm telling you, man, when you look at this script, it's not fucking cohesive. No. <laughs> I, they had for a good me, first for, half. Just for me, I, and I'm not putting your opinion down. I'm just saying. No, acting, I, see, I see what you're saying. Acting though. and, yeah. like, tone and, like, in environment and just, like, the fluff around, like, having hip-hop and, like, this awesome Harlem thing, like, yeah. It doesn't resonate with me because I never was in Harlem. Yeah. I'm not as big a hip hop fan for you. So yeah. that's just not enough for me to be like, yeah, the show is fucking amazing. It brought in a lot of uh, people who normally wouldn't watch these too I'm because sure. of the music and the, you know, the guys involved. So Twitter loved the show. Yeah. I mean, and I'm talking about the white people. The white about. people, not the racist white people who were yeah. tweeting. What is this? Why is there so many black people on this show? <laughs> Those people are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're amazing. <laughs> So I guess at some point, like Matt Murdock must have to show up to bail him out of jail. Maybe that's the beginning of the Defenders. I mean, that's an easy, easy right? Yeah, uh, it's an easy way in. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this now: being that Daredevil kind of dealt with crime, gentrification. We said Jessica Jones deals with rape, PTSD. This obviously deals with uh, community, police, Black Lives Matter. How the fuck is Iron Fist? A story about a billionaire white guy who does kung fu better than the Asian people who taught him kung fu. How does that even stand a chance to be relevant up with these? Like, they can't just they, do a straight. What is the message in Iron Fist? I think you got to lean right into that. I think that's what you got to do. I think you got to just just point that out. Like, okay, this is a... Uh, How dare you do this and... and yeah, and, and you're an outsider. Appropriate you're not, our culture and whatever. You're yeah. an outsider. Hmm. I don't, I don't mind that. I mean, that's... That's an easy. That's a hard follow up to like in terms of relevance, social relevance, following these shows. I just don't know enough about Iron Fist and I haven't heard anything. So I'll, they're well, going to do something. Take, I, I think that what you do is see like part of me, like I, I want Chang Chi to be in this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he is. Weren't there Not, rumors? I don't know. Uh, but they do have, uh, you know, they do have some other people in the show that are, you know, the uh, supporting characters. So they could be that voice, you know, where Bruce Lee was the guy who kind of brought the culture and all of this mysticism and all of this stuff with him over to us. And we were exposed to it through his lens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there could be an opportunity there to kind of. okay, we got that lens from that time, that era in the 60s or whatever. Right. Or 70. Now, what about now? 
What about now? What's the lens now? That's an interesting. You know, problem. so because we we have a whole different outlook on Asian culture. Like it's, it's that's true. It's it's anime. It's Pokemon. Yeah. It's video games. All of that's Japanese, and all of that is. Uh, and we got like you know John Woo. That's that's Chinese. We got all of that stuff that we're into. So all of this culture is coming over fast. There's people. There's kids listening to K-pop now that are just. <laughs> That's a thing, dude. It is a thing. Wow. All right. So we can, we're on it. We're living in a new era of this stuff being part of just American culture. Which is crazy because they love absorbing our culture, you know, and that's all you see is them buying jeans and drinking Coca-Cola and they love the movies, obviously. All I want from Iron Fist is for him not to get the costume at the last episode. <laughs> How about the second to last episode? <laughs> but, he's running around in his pajamas. But the I don't time. know how they're going to make that costume work because that is going to look the most ridiculous yellow and green bandana over the head thing yet. It would. Look- I think if they somehow we work it into into a traditional garb. Yes, yes. They could nod to it. Muted then, colors, maybe. And then maybe he could fashion something that... Brighten it up. No, that's more tactical. For whatever purposes. It'd also be cool down the line we get a Heroes for Hire series. You put the two of them together. They did hint at like Luke Cage like taking money yeah. for stuff, and he was like, nah, I'm not gonna yeah. do that. That's but then he also goes, Oh, hire me, pay me. He's like, You want me to do something? Pay me. So like they were they were toying with the idea. I also loved uh you said who's Colleen Wing in the last episode. Uh Claire Temple sees a, a flyer for a self-defense class on a post, oh, yeah. and Colleen Wing's name's on there, and she takes one of the fucking things off. So I did like Claire Temple, her introduction with like with all she's been through in the shows, where like someone tries a mugger and she just chases the fucking mugger down and beats his ass. Dude, she's badass. She she beat up a bunch of guys in this show. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so good stuff. I don't. Uh, I'm you know they can fucking they can keep what, making these. As what far did as you I'm rate concerned. it? A minus. A minus. Okay. I won't uh, push you too hard on that. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I won't. I won't. It doesn't upset me like when you say Batman v Superman is a seven. Yes, look, I've acknowledged that it has <laughs> third act issues. They all do, Who? and uh, Luke the, Cage? yeah, oh. Luke Cage. And but the 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 shit that's solid, I thought was really solid. The shit they do well is really good. Yeah, and I shit, love this cast. The shit they don't do well for me is is too glaring to ignore. That's just my. It's almost two extremes. Yeah, I mean, I I liked a lot of it, but there's some things I just can't get my head around. So. I'm conflicted. Look, we only got a couple months and then we can watch Iron Fist and uh, see yeah, what April. that's all about. And then and then possibly a Punisher and then the Defenders. Man, the Defenders is going to be like watching the Avengers. Like that shit has got to be epic. Hopefully they can pull it off. Yeah. I just question what they, how much of a budget they really have for this stuff. Like cause to put all those people in there. Not that, but like there's got to be a badass villain. Well, they saved a lot of money on this show. I'll tell you what. I don't think they spent a lot of money on special effects. Except for just uh, stuff blowing off his body. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything that they really had. Well, like you said, Rugs, there was like five sets. And uh, mostly bullets and shooting. People going through walls. People going through walls. Fake walls. Like no real heavy. Maybe when they're flying. When they're getting hit and they're flying around. That's about it. When they're flying around. I mean, like flying through the air. Like the over-exaggerated flying through the air when you get hit. But that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just uh, the choreography, all that stuff. I think it wasn't as inventive as it could have been. I mean, we said that you're going to have that problem where it's going to get repetitive. I didn't think it got that repetitive because he didn't really fight that much. Like, he fought and and uh, would take him breaks. So when he did, 
you know, you're like, oh, cool. We get to see something cool like Christmas addicts, like in the beginning. But then the bullet takes them out for like three episodes. You're like, really? He's well, still down. Where they're going to have to spend the budget besides Defenders is if Iron Fist, because he's got he's got a glowing hand. He's got a glowing hand. And like he fights like dragons. and shit Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like that's I don't know how they're going. Do I that. can't wait to see some mystical Kung Fu shit. All right. All right. Good stuff, guys. Any final thoughts? I think we're good. I think that Marvel should keep their eye on Fargo and Game of Thrones. Good idea. And some of those other shows uh, like Westworld. Yeah. And uh, they got to shoot for that. In terms of they, pacing. They got to they gotta just shoot for that kind of quality level. Like they're, that, uh, they're just doing stuff that is remarkable to look at and, and to experience. And they can do that with these characters if they want to. But I think that they're lagging a little bit in these, uh, especially when you binge watch it. Yeah. Tires you out. I thought this was a little more uplifting, though, also than the other shows, you know, a little oh, brighter, yeah. a little more yeah. hopeful, which yeah. I, I also enjoyed. Uh, I still am excited to see him interact with yeah. everyone. He's great with other people, too. That's the thing. It's like you can't wait to see him, like what he's going to do. Well, and right now you have three different. I mean, you have Matt Murdock, who kind of enjoys beating people up on yeah. the side. Yeah. And, like is this Catholic, but then had likes enjoy like he's this weird thing. And then Jessica Jones is like. Fucking binge sarcastic, drinking, sarcastic. Yeah, like basically like wisecracking person that doesn't care about shit. And then Luke Cage is this like Captain America. Calm, cool, calm collected. So, I wonder how Iron Fist fits into all that. Iron Fist has got to be a fucking weird. Well, they guy. set him up as a good leader. Luke Cage? Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's out in the public, you know, and uh, he's not hiding in yeah, the Yeah, Luke shadows. Cage has got to be the leader. Yeah. He's got to be the guy that rallies. Everyone's going to look for him. Well, he's just got, he's got that personality with that. You would follow. Absolutely. He's Captain America. Charming motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> All right, look, let's close out. I got a iTunes review from our buddy Brad Zofka. Brad in Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. What a <laughs> wonderful place to live. <laughs> you almost had it, Cleveland. Sorry. There's uh, gifts of, uh, are you familiar with who Joakim Noah is? Uh, basketball play, player, yeah. Bulls. There's gifts of him now with like a Cubs hat. They yeah. People like edited a Cubs hat on him. Oh, no. Because like maybe 10, 6, Six, seven years ago, he was at, in a press conference and he was like, man, I ain't he never heard of He was the Bulls were playing Cleveland and Cleveland always gives Joe Keen all shit because he's like, man, I, I ain't never heard of nobody going on vacation to Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, do you like Cleveland? Do you oh, like shit. it here? He just basically <laughs> tore down the city in one one quote. Damn. I mean, well, you know what I think about Cleveland? I think they should change their 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 icon from Chief Wahoo. The chief rug boy. Oh, my face on there. I agree. He oh, also looks an, like rug boy. Entirely like different filthies. thing. Oh my god! And probably less red. Cleveland. <laughs> they getting a lot of shit on Twitter now about the Cleveland thing. has the most racist <laughs> caricature ever. How are ever. they? So I brought this up Worse last than episode. The Redskins. How are they able? If the Redskins got in trouble, how are they able to get? Away? I don't know how they get away with that. You just cut that feather off and knock some teeth out. It just looks like me. It does. It looks <laughs> just like Rug Boy. Just lighten the shade of pink. Three, three shades. I don't. I mean, there was there was controversy um, when they were playing Toronto. Yeah. Uh, one of the people in Toronto, some 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 activists was like suing, like like that Cleveland shouldn't be able to play these games with that name, like because like Toronto has this code where you can't promote like racist culture or something yeah. like that. Wow! And they were like, dude, what 
You're letting the Cleveland yeah. Indians play with a red-faced character. Yeah. They're called the Indians on this shit. Funny story. My high school, when I was going to high school, our mascot was the Indians. They had to change it probably, right? I drove by there recently. They are now the Wolves. Oh, shit. They, even them were oh, like, I thought they changed it to the Pakistani. No, they uh, should have. The fucking towel heads. They're not Indian. <laughs> they're not Indians. We're Pakis. Sorry. We're the, the Miles West Pakis. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That would be great. It's funny how, like, Notre Dame fighting Irish will never get any shit because, like, Irish people just love eat that shit up. Yeah, they are drunk fucking uh, leprechauns. Five, they're drunk yeah. leprechauns who like to be people But, like, off. Native they're Americans. They're like, make it more racist. Yeah, this is not racist <laughs> enough, actually. The Native Americans will never fucking embrace that shit. Give them a bottle of, give them a bottle of whiskey. Fuck, they've gotten fucked for a long time. I don't blame them for opposing. Anyways, back to this review from Brett and so Cleveland. So, Brett and Cleveland. Five stars. Advanced training and geekification. Tuning into Jock and Nerd is a great way to stay on top of all things relevant and interesting in the world of superhero stuff. Fun banter, always thoughtful, and surprisingly has made my long commute one of the best parts of my day. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Thank you, Brett. Uh, and thanks for, he sent a thing saying congratulations for the Cubs winning. Nice. This is very nice of him. If you guys want to leave us a review, just visit jockandnerd.com slash review. Takes you to our iTunes page. Just leave a rating, a reviewing. And also... I got to mention to the listener, uh, based on a suggestion from Brett, I've set up another way to support the show. If you just want to make like a one-time, non-recurring thing, you don't want to get locked in the whole Patreon, I get it. There's a PayPal donate button on jockandnerd.com, on the website, on our fan club Good. page. I need drinking money. There's multiple ways to support the show. You want to drop us whatever you want. Pick Patreon. Uh, you haven't drunken enough from your fucking cup celebrations, Anthony. Your blood sugar level should be actually yeah. Five bucks a pop will do. Five bucks <laughs> I, will do. Yes, I actually had whatever one you want. beer the entire day today. Really? I was wondering if you were drinking at the rally oh, during the day. Day drinking. I don't, I don't think that would have been smart. I wanted to, but in hindsight, how we, many we were people were? All the high school kids were oh, fucked up. Oh, shit. The high school, the high school kids. kids are the worst. You hear that, high school kids? That's where you're going to get fucked Amateur up. Amateur hour. It's you, so bad. You go to the World Series rally to we, get we fucked were, up. We were in line waiting to get searched, and like these high school kids are peeing in bottles next to us. I'm like, God Oh, damn. my God. You guys are the worst. Uh, see, that's I, the I did get stopped by a few high school girls that were like, hey, my friend thinks you're cute. Geek boy, you're and like, I, and I came over and like made her day and like introduced myself. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Snapchat. Oh, you did. That's your community service yeah. for the week. <laughs> high school chicks. Anthony's like, as soon as you're 18, though, <laughs> hit I'm me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I got your hand off my penis. Oh no, the other way around. Yeah, I'm sorry, not the uh, do opposite of what he just said. <laughs> Look, that's the show, gang. Thanks for hanging out, rugs. Where can they find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Really Rug Boy, where I'll be insulting Dan Slot daily. Uh, if you daily Dan Slot, no more insults. Godzilla debates. No, I won them. You won. Oh. Them. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, like, look, we, you know, the the jury's out. Yeah, we used to have to do his Godzilla. You haven't seen the I Godzilla. I gotta see hey, the Ron, goddamn find movie. I will find uh, the movie somewhere. Look, thanks for listening. We appreciate every second you have us in your ear holes. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Make sure you tell a friend. Spread the geekery. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll catch you next time. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. I see that you know your judo well. <laughs> Who cares? A jock said that. Go stroke a barbell. Wowie zowie!